And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Do it again. We're going to stay out here all day if it kills us, Weathers. You are going to put me on my ass. Now keep your head up. Accelerate. Put your shoulder down and run through me. What are you looking at? Don't look at them. They ain't going to help you out here, Wellies. You got no homeboys. You got no help. You damn sure ain't got no gun. And you can't run away. You got nobody but yourself. But goddammit, that's all you need. Believe in yourself and knock me on my ass. Here podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm John Edwards. And I'm Langley West. And you're here for episode 124. And I figure since last week we did a lot of talk about like cosplay and, and like sewing and making stuff, we're going to do manly stuff. This uh, okay. Week. Manly stuff. We're going to do it, sports films, inspirational sports films. Right. Because chicks can't do sports. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I started that, I go, no matter what I'm about to say, I'm going to get called on some nonsense. That I didn't even see. No, I don't mean that is at it, all. Is it hot in here? No. <laughs> yeah, that's me frying up my foot to eat later. Um, uh, I'll say at the outset, as I said just before we went on um, on on air, uh, that I am not a sports fan. I watch some sports. I watch mostly little Thai men beating the fuck out of each other at four in the morning via right. something called Siam Fight Network or something like that. Right. But I'm not a big fan of most sports, but I do tend to enjoy sports films. Sure, I, and, and I, I think that that's, I think that that's probably true of a lot of genre fans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's face it: if you're going to Crypticon and places like that, you probably weren't, you know, the football star. Right. Um, but um, there's no reason why we can't be touched by a human story. And right. there's few things that bring out the humanity in the story as a sports film. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think with a lot of the formula that you do see in sports films, it uh, you do see a lot of uh, the average Joe overcoming adversity or the underdog having success in where failure is expected. And those kind of feel-good movies are you know, what resonate with people. It's it's the winning lottery ticket when you don't expect to play. But so, sorry, go ahead. Isn't it essentially, it's the hero's journey, but the hero is this team. Right. You know, I... Oftentimes, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, I could, you could almost spin it like 300 as a sports film, as a sports happened to be <laughs> hacking Killing and flashing people. people. Yeah. But the idea is that it follows the same thing, the... the the hero embarks on his journey. He in journey he encounters difficulty. He questions what he's doing. Maybe they get some bad breaks, but right. ultimately they triumph. So often it's the David and Goliath story. Mm. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That, that's a big thing in, that we find in sports films, whether they're yeah. based the on real life team. or not. Right, exactly. Yeah. The yeah, like you said, the underdog. You know, the 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 person who, for all 
logical reasons, should not have a chance, should not win, should not, you know. Yeah, it's Rocky. Rocky. Rocky should not have been, you know, able to, to yeah. become well, a you, I, What I noticed in doing a lot of my research is I kept running into speeches that, like, that went like, I know they're better than us, but damn it, this is our time. And That's it's right. like, yeah, it's almost like this, mat, this sort of hypnosis that, that makes everyone believe in the dream long enough. That's part of the that's part of the criteria for greatness, I think, in any endeavor, is that you are always reaching slightly beyond your reach. Yeah. You're always trying to do that thing that you shouldn't be able to do. You know, you're the bumblebee. Your wings are too small to carry you, yet somehow you pull it off. Yeah, I, I I think very. That's kind of hard to follow. Yeah, no, I love uh, I love the I love suddenly we ended up in a bumblebee. <laughs> the aerodynamics of a bumblebee. I love this show. Well, you know, it's it's interesting though because it it really is about identifying human limits and surpassing them. And and Nike did a big marketing thing here this past month where they try they they gave some new tech to a uh, marathon runner and they tried to have him break the two hour marathon. You know, it was a controlled track, but but the distance is still the distance is still twenty six point two miles, and he missed it by I think twenty two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, twenty two seconds. Which the the he didn't break the world record because it wasn't uh, an officially sanctioned event, but he was twenty two seconds away from a two hour marathon. Wow! And and people for for decades have said people won't even get close to that. So it's it's finding that human limit and seeing how much further past it we we can go, mm. and, and sport and sports films reflect on that a lot. You know, right, it's right, the right. the hail mary or you know in the Seahawks well, case know, the fail mary. Right. <laughs> what uh, what I always have found interesting is like the idea that for a long time the four minute mile was insurmountable, right? And then one guy broke it, and then people started breaking it. It's almost like the it's almost like in a weird way, and I here we come. It's almost like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the idea like suddenly you sh you see something's possible. You see the the high jump that's higher than anybody else. Somebody does it, and then suddenly you pick its lock. It points out it points out how often we are we are our own limitation. We we are the thing that holds us back, mm. right? Mike Tyson seemed unbeatable, yeah, until somebody did it, and yeah. then everybody started doing it. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and of course, there's other factors that go in there. Sure. He's not the cocaine, slapping Robin Givens. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I was going to say I thought Robin Givens was the first one to beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I remember he, they were on a Barbara Walters thing, and she asked him what's the best punch he ever threw, and he, without even blinking, he said he once bounced Robin Givens <laughs> off of three walls. <laughs> Which is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Tragic. But have you? Do you remember? Do you remember the story that Henry Rollins was talking about meeting Ike Turner for the first time? You know, he's like, he, he's trying to, he's you know, he's with his filmmaker buddy, who's an introvert, and it's like, and Henry Rollins is like, oh, let's go. It's Ike. Like, let's go talk uh -huh. and say hi. And the guy's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. And he's like, no, come on, man. Like, like, what do we ask? You know, it's like, hey, when that beautiful long-legged woman is coming out of the shower and you're looking at her, do you think, okay, I lead with a right? <laughs> is that what comes into your head? Yeah. I was at Comic-Con once and, and I, I, I catch this odor on the, on the, well, it's not a bad odor, it's super sweet, super flowery and mm -hmm. stuff and I turn around and there's this guy standing there 
and it's Ike Turner with these two girls, clearly just out of like plastic heels. And I was just like, holy shit, it's Ike Turner, man. And uh, and they were just on his arm, and they just they just sort of wandered by in this smell sort of trail. Kind of wafting after. Yeah. Oh man. Mmm, smells like pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It was amazing. That's crazy. Um, I'm I'm it, lost. It's in weird. Sports films it's now. weird the things that that you find on your streets. There you go. <laughs> like a like a football. I found you know football movies. Um, yeah, I think it's all about the strive, the the drive we all have to be better. Right. And these stories, again, seeing it done, seeing the plucky sports team that beats the, the the other team with more money than them or whatever, it sort of bolsters us and gives us hope that we can surmount our demons and our all all of the villains in our life. You know right. what I mean? And right. I think anytime you can hear stuff like that, um, that's why Man with the Golden Arm is a good sports film. <laughs> <laughs> Competitive, uh, competitive heroin taking. Okay, I want to hear this. How is this a sports film? Because he's fighting those inner demons, those things that are holding him back from greatness, and he is trying to overcome that. In order, in in the competitive world of trumpet playing, he the intramural trumpet playing. Okay, that's reaching, but uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, again, if it's if we're if that's our criteria, well, I guess, and that was the point I was going to make was that. Um, Sports films, <laughs> sports films are not really about sport. No, just like any film isn't really about whatever genre. It's, it's not really about monsters. It's not really about even action. It's not. Uh, let, let me back up. Some movies are, and those tend to be really shallow. But and, and as long as you know what they are mm-hmm. at the time, you can have a good time. But m- films are ultimately stories. Rather, are ultimately about human beings. Either with uh, either in, in either their um, inter, uh, the way that they're interacting with other people or the way that they are interacting with situation. Mm-hmm. You have a film like I don't know Castaway, where he's obviously not interacting with other people, but he's having to interact with you know this. The greater, island becomes global, its own yeah villain, um, something to be surmounted. So the sports film really isn't. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to for somebody to say. What is a sports film? What is a horror film? What is a, you know, there, there's there's an element there. Usually, it's environmental, right? It mm-hmm. takes place somehow within the world of competitive sport, but it may not even be about that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just that it's taking place there. A Field of Dreams. I consider Field of Dreams one of my quote unquote favorite sports uh, sports films. It's not about sport at all, really. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a that is a proper way to frame it. I mean, they really that that was well said. Thank you. That's uh, that's yeah. a finger's worth of vodka. That's so. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and so my background on this are we, uh, you guys, you know, not being a fan of sports movies and and generally I'm not. I will. There were certain ones that I'll watch, whether it's you know, character driven or, or actor driven, but, you know, growing up having played sports, you know, grow, I grew up playing soccer in Eugene. I switched to, to hockey and, and played in leagues from beginner to Canadian, you know, certain movies resonate with me, but, you know, I never really saw them, you know, from my standpoint as, as an inspirational, I'm going to be that character and I'm going to play that way. I always saw it as more of a, you know, it, it was, 
the, you know, the little guy beating the tough odds and getting the girl or, or whatever it is. But I never really saw it as a, a sports encouragement movie, just more about human will. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I think that that's true. I think that the other goes hand in hand with it, uh, almost accidentally. You get something like The Karate Kid, which does really well at the box office. People go, it's a feel-good movie. It's about overcoming the odds, etc. But you see this big boost in karate schools or martial arts right, schools right, across right. the United States yep. as a result of it. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that just happens. Yeah, well, and it's uh, you know you had UFC. I, I can't even think of a movie that would have would have fed that except maybe. You know, no holds barred, and I don't even like to admit that that was a movie. Oh, dude, I'll say, look at what Enter the Dragon did. Enter the Dragon yeah, exploded sure. all that stuff. Well, you know, in my list of uh, films here, I kind of just made one notation that was uh, uh, kind of an umbrella for tournament films. Mm. There are a million martial yeah. arts tournament movies. And, There's and a lot of basketball tournament there, and, you know, Absolutely. That the tournament yeah. being the focus, it's the, the end of yeah. Karate Kid. Is right, exactly, yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's, I guess, for lack of a better word, not a, a type of film as, it much, as much as it is a specific environment in which yeah, a lot yeah. of these stories Yeah, well, it's, it's Crucible, right? It's right. by which we, yeah. we forge the spirit of our ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, uh, but it's also you within the framework of all that you've got to there's a little pl- play into the hits there's a little pandering there with football films you got to have the crunch of the helmets hitting each other sure. you've got to have all of that slapping on the back and like you know um, that sort of that stuff that they do in football the time I, I know nothing about, I know nothing about. <laughs> the, the towel smacks in the locker room <laughs> The bar fights with the rival team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's it's all that stuff, and you, you've got to you got to feed that a little bit. The fact because most of the people that are coming to the table, are, I think, are sports fans. Right. You know, the football fan wants to see every football movie. Right. Um, it becomes its own sort of vocabulary in a weird way. Sure. Um, uh, uh, so I think that kind of stuff is important. But again, the further you step back, and the further further you sort of set those things aside you see you and you see the core of what it's there it is what we've been talking about it's the hero's journey it's the david and goliath it's right the, all right yeah 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 that's our premise that's it and we're sticking to it that's it uh damn it there's and again within the context i printed out a massive list of stuff and it was it shocked me the diversity it yeah. shows it shows you how important sport is to the world we don't belong to, but like the the general populace, that that it's it's hugely important. Mm-hmm. It's that way of enjoying all of the benefits you got by by when your team wins. Right. You don't say, "Hey, my team wins." You say, "We won." Who was it? Was it you that put up the thing about? Um, uh, I, it's like, let me get this straight. It's okay to. Uh, be uh, rabid for your sports team and hang memorabilia all over your house and dress up funny and go to games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I do it at a convention, I'm weird and nerdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and this might be an unfair generalization, but I think if you take the average American, they can name 10 sports superstars, but probably can't name 10 presidents. Right. I, I, Let I, alone their mayor. That's or probably true. Or something important like 
ten best stop motion animators. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's going to come up later. Oh, good. Uh, so, where do we want to start with all this stuff? There's so much to sit through. I think I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a, a a mixing of the order of what you were talking about. Mm. Let's talk about our favorite sports film first, and that might help guide us into these other avenues. Okay. Go ahead. I have to think about that. For <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, my favorite sports film of all time is uh, Bonzo goes to college. <laughs> go ahead. That's a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Get out of my head, Tom. <laughs> uh, uh, Breaking away. Yeah. Breaking away is the story of a, a, a an American kid in Indiana, blue collar um, upbringing, and and he has this dream of being um, a, a world. Um, world-class competitive bicycle racer mm-hmm. um, and he's enamored with the Italian teams in particular which creates which which makes for some comedy because he he um, adopts an Italian accent he tells people his, he's got this Italian name it drives his parents crazy and he learns along the way that that you know he not to meet your heroes and, and he's disillusioned by that but but really it's this whole coming-of-age story um, has excellent performances, um, and I, <laughs> my my favorite sports movie, and I can't remember the main actor's name. Um, yeah, he he was a short-lived thing. Um, he was in he Rorschach was in, was, was in it. Uh, uh, yeah, Jackie Rorschach, Haley yeah, was in it. He was in it. Uh, Dennis Quaid was in it. Dennis Quaid was in it. But the main the kid, guy, the, the, that guy was the one. Uh, he's, he he plays. He was in it. He was in yeah. the the television version of it. He was the the one with the asthma and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But anyway, it's it's a, it's an amazing movie, and it's one of those movies that doesn't get name checked a lot when you start talking about sports films. It's a it was a smaller kind of more of an independent, character driven movie um, from the seventies, maybe early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, mid seventies. Okay, mid seventies. I remember and, seeing. It. Yeah, and and people should definitely check it out because it, it it's it's a great movie, and it and it does what. So many sports films do. It makes you feel good, and it makes you want to. It's be, also very be better popular among cyclists. The cyclists themselves. Sure, love that I'm, movie. I, I can't imagine there's lots of cyclist movies. I know there are some. Uh, I have a couple. Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon sure. in 1981 is a bike messenger, which is kind of applicable. Right. Um, and then you got things, fun stuff like American Flyers. Uh, right. And. Um, uh, and then BMX Bandits and Rad. BMX Bandits with a young Nicole Kidman. That's great stuff. Uh, I think for me, it, it used to be Slapshot. Uh, there I mean, just we go. The, the sheer absurdity of the movie and the premise that a failing hockey team can find financial success by, by gooning it up on the ice and having your most talented player just kind of crawl into himself because he doesn't think that's what hockey's about. Uh, but I actually unseated that a few years ago when I saw Miracle. Uh, yeah, I, that's a great I, one. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the reason I, I liked Miracle, I mean, they took a little creative license, but not a lot. I mean, it was it was the telling of... You know, the, the the little guy, the amateurs usurping the Central Red Army team, uh, or uh, I guess now the, the Russia All Star team in the Olympics at Lake Placid. Uh, what was what really I enjoyed about the movie, besides I have uh, probably an unholy crush on Kurt Russell, um, <laughs> but they the way they shot it, they they didn't hire actors, they hired hockey players and they made them act. So everything that happened on the ice were 
the actors were actually skating and playing the game. I, I love that because you, cool. you get you get to see the the shots that from a from a cinematography perspective, you got to see, you know, more engaged shots. You got to see the actors fully engaged on the ice. And it's, uh, to me, hockey is, it's, it's, it's ballet, you know, with, with hitting, which ballet should have hitting. I think it would make right. ballet better. Oh man, wouldn't that be cool? Oh, it'd be so awesome. Two minutes for a punch in the and, face. And then ballet oh, contacts Swan Lake. I would, I would, I would pay money for that. Uh, well, you kind of so, got that in, um, Oh, black, black swan. swan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, and for me, uh, my my wife was raised in upstate New York, not too far from Lake Placid, about an hour, hour and a half. And and I remember we took a trip up there and spent time and got to to go onto the out or go, got to go onto the sheet of ice where they played the game. Wow. And and it's a lot you know, for for somebody who <laughs> followed it. it well, no, you never kiss the ice. You never want to know what's going on. But, uh, you know, for me, it was it was very similar, very kind of cathedral-like, like, you know, being in the book repository where, um, you know, the shooting in Texas happened. It, right. there's, there's an oppressive silence, and it feels like, you know, there is a moment of history that occurred here, and, you know, be mindful. So that movie kind of usurped the fun of, of Slapshot for me and became my, my go-to sports movie. You know, somebody said Goon It Up. Have you seen Goon? I've not seen well, Goon. I, I want to. Yeah. I, I, I love that movie. Uh, it, it might be the best thing Sean William Scott's ever done. Uh, right. You know, he, he plays the, the goofy friend with a heart of gold, but not a lot upstairs. Uh, and who's the, the guy, his, his buddy, Jay, somebody or other? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm thinking of? The, the annoying prick that gets him in all those fights. We all got that guy. We all got that yeah. guy. I used to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back when I drank, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to throw up also a hockey, uh, Youngblood with Rob yeah. Lowe. Right. Back in the 80s, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I never saw the Mighty Ducks. And, uh, and just because I want to, Strange Brew. Oh. Strange brew, man. Oh. Hockey was just so important. Hockey's great because it, you know, they they can really more than I think than most. It really can bring you down, like onto the battlefield, you know. And well, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, there's a sense the, of motion. Him saying John saying ballet, I think is right. There's a sense of motion inherent in hockey that I think is the, well. I think that I think so. So I mean, in a lot of ways, it's it's similar to all field games. Mm-hmm. You know, you're moving the ball, the puck, the whatever, up and down the field. But because it's on ice, it offers a different kind of movement. It offers speed that you don't have on a, a soccer field, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and, 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 and while the ball might be moving fast, it's just impossible for the players to move as quickly as they do when they're on ice. They're, they're essentially flying, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and, and I think that that's important when it comes to the, the overall aesthetic of Hockey. I think that hockey also is probably one of the most misunderstood sports. A lot of people go to the rink because they're expecting a fight, or they want to see. Remember the old you, adage about "I went to a fight." A fight in a yeah. hockey game broke out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, violence in hockey is is very focused for a specific purpose, and it's not to just fight for fight's sake. It, it's generally to protect your star players or send a message that a certain behavior is unacceptable. You know, the the enforcer, the goons, have, have been maligned over the years, and the NHL has done a, a wonderful job kind of changing the rules and, and making it more difficult to, to actually protect players from, from nasty hits and concussions, 
which I mean that's that's my dig on the NHL, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it really is uh, it, it really is a beautiful sport, and it's uh, it's sickening when you when you only play at a rec level because I've I've never been fast and I'll never be fast even on skates, but I had a, a significant amount of appreciation for just how skilled the professionals are, or even the the people you know like. Canadian rec leagues and just how good these people are at what they do because it takes a lot of work and there is a lot of skill involved. Pond, uh, pond hockey, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Old time hockey, eh? Get the foil. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's literally, these are people like Canadians. They A lot of Canadians, they grew up on, on ponds playing hockey. Absolutely. So it's great. Uh, me, I'm going to go old school and say that, like, when I was growing up, I remember some of the first things that really, in, like, because I come from it from an inspirational thing. I, I want to be inspired by it. Sure. You. It's about, it's like a martial arts film. You, it's, it's about exhilaration and making yeah, you want it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, and also showing codes of behavior. You know what sure. I mean? Like, this is how a hero acts. Right. I'm going to throw out the name The Pride of the Yankees. The, the Lou Gehrig thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Babe Ruth story with uh, William Bendix. I just, for years, it was always a thing where I remember him pointing into yeah. the stands and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. hitting the ball. Um, and then um, uh, a little film called The Pride of St. Louis with uh, the Dizzy Dean story. Mm. Um, and then the other thing was, uh, Tony Perkins is an old movie called Fear Strikes Out. It was about a pitcher who, a uh, famous pitcher who... Um, um, had mental problems, right? And it, it was the first time that it was I saw a sports film used as something for other than what we've all what we've just been all talking right, about. Right, right, right. This was a, t- a, a a heartrending tale of someone who was slowly losing their mind right. as they were rising to the. And I have to hope that somebody, even even despite the time that it was coming out, was trying to use the vehicle as. Uh, or, or use the movie as a vehicle for building awareness about exactly it, exactly what it was. And Tony yeah. Perkins, it was great in it. Um, but, the, but so it, those are all like sort of baseball movies, and, and sure. for some reason they were the ones that resonated first. It wasn't until later that I you know, started to see the basket, uh, the football movies, and then for me later came all the basketball stuff. Right, right. I never, I, I you know, I've, I still to this day I still have never really watched any. Basketball movies, mm-hmm. really. Um, oh, there's a few that are good. Well, yeah, probably probably the one that stands out. That and this is going to tell you how many basketball movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that stands out most most for me is the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it had Dr. J in it, right? Awesome. I was hoping you were going to say like Space Jam. Space Jam. No, God, no. I, I probably will yeah. never see Space Jam. So let's talk about that basketball movies. Right. Well, I, it. I obviously I don't have a lot to talk about. What about you, John? I have a bunch that I actually. Yeah. Well, you know, you know I, I think the Hoosiers was um, was really kind of the big one, right? I mean, uh-huh. it's the Indiana basketball. What? Not uh, you want a man? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, that, that that didn't have Gene Hackman, did it? No. Um, no. <laughs> but, but but you know, really, kind of the story of uh, the rise of. And dominance of of central, you know, United States basketball in in a time when you know basketball kind of lacked identity. Uh, but I'm kind of with, I'm with Langley on this one. Basketball movies aren't ones that I've I've necessarily gone out of my way to watch. In fact, I think probably the most basketball I've watched was in Pleasantville. <laughs> 
and I, and I feel bad saying that for for disclosure. My my cousin's a, a pro basketball coach and coached in the the Japan uh, pro basketball league for a few years. So yeah. I, I I feel bad that I can't speak to it, but um, I'm a I'm a short white guy. So it's there hard. it is. It's hard to to it's hard when something gets so identified with a culture. Mm-hmm. That it's hard to it's hard to make that break when something does make make that transition or make that break. It's really cool. Mm. Uh, this is not by any means a, an amazing movie, but I think it's a fun movie and that's Cool Runnings, where we we have this this team from again, this should never work, mm-hmm. right? But it's Jamaican yeah. bobsled team, Agreed. like it should never work, and uh, and you know and and it's a great story and I so I get it. It's difficult for me. From taking into account where I come from and what I pay attention to, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I, here's something interesting. So, I, well, I don't know if it's interesting or not. That'll be up to you guys. Um, and that is, when I was a kid, the most hated people in my life, the ones that I still, it still, it still the gypsies, <laughs> still makes uh, uh, and totally irrational uh, response to it, it's it's the way to. The quickest way to get me to make a, a knee-jerk emotional response to something that makes no sense whatsoever, it's just me reacting to a raw nerve. And that's jocks Yeah. in, in general. Well, that's we, lear- we learned that growing up. And, when I, and where I grew up, the only sports team that we really had that had any kind of, you know, sway was the basketball team. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that I really don't you pay don't much care. attention to basketball. Uh, I'll say that... When I was growing up, jocks were who who we sold pot to. Um, um, but, I did that for a while. But more importantly, I think that you talk about films that show that transition. Um, never more importantly than Glory Road, which is set at a time where they were starting to add black players to white basketball teams. And it's a really great. good movie, by the way. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I would also throw names like uh, Coach Carter in there. Um, I would throw uh, Finding Forrester. Um, uh, 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 I'm rifling through my list here. Um, White Men Can't Jump. White Men Can't Jump. Um, do you want to see a... a well, this doesn't really fit. So I was going to say Great Santini because I think basketball. I always think basketball that, is kind that, of... Because of that one scene. scene. But um, I think one of the most important basketball movies for me not enjoying basketball movies um, is a documentary and that's Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams is mm. amazing. That's a great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that that's Porn something... Porn Great Earl and Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one. Well, I think that that's, that's something too that like, uh, you know, we talk about how um, movies, stories uh, that, that, that are under this umbrella of sports are often not about the sports, it's about the people. Mm-hmm. The exception to that is a good documentary. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and even then it's about people, but it, but at least it is, that sport is what uh, ostensibly, you know, the, the, the documentary is about. Um, right. Uh, murder Ball. And it, yeah, Murder Ball. It doesn't get into anything about, I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's no longer about now hopes and dreams and what you want for the future. It's about what happens. Right, exactly. And that it's a chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that is enough. Um, probably the first sports movie that I paid any attention to in my life was from 1962, um, starred Anthony Quinn as Mountain Rivera, and that's Requiem for a Heavyweight. There we go. That is a great movie. 
Um, uh, it, it, for folks who don't know, it's about Mountain Rivera, who's a, a heavyweight boxer, who's now, he's having to face this reality that his body can't, can't do what it did in the past, and, and he has a, a, a shady, um, promoter, kind of a Don King type character, but I believe played by Jackie Gleason, if I remember, mm. his name's Mace. Um, it's a great movie, and if you want to see amazing acting, um, Check out that movie. I mean, like, well, a, a boxing is boxing huge. is like such huge. I have huge. page after page. Oh my god, the original, page. the champ, original champ with Wallace Beery. Man, great stuff. Kid movie. Galahad with Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. That was back. Edward G. Robinson. He's like four foot ten. I know, right? Pride of the Bowery. I've got. It just you goes know, on and on and on. You know, Tom right. Willis O'Brien, <laughs> the uh, the animator for King Kong. <clears throat> among other things, was uh, a boxer hmm. um, and uh, uh, had a career um, boxing. As a, as a I, I figured that was that was the only way for me to fit King Kong. Oh no, I got a King Kong reference <laughs> later. Uh, I'm gonna also throw out like the Quiet Man, Joe Lewis. Um, uh, yeah, Jackie Gleason was uh, in Requiem for a Heavyweight. Um, Great White Hope. With yeah, uh, James Earl yeah, Jones, yeah. and I'm only at 19 in the 70s there's, now. There's so right. many. Um, hard Times. We always love to bring we up love hard, times. hard Times. Penitentiary, uh, man. Penitentiary. Man. Yeah, I, yeah. Raging Bull, of course. Is Tom has been, I mean, John has been trying to say something for Sorry, a while. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I was going to say, I, I was late to the boxing party, but I think the first... W- first boxing movie I saw, and the, the franchise I grew up with were the Rocky movies. Sure. And... I didn't see Raging Bull until about five years ago. Oh, dude, did it change and your life? <laughs> it, it was just one of those things where I, I said, wow, this would have been an amazing transformative movie to have seen when it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, Raging Bull, fuck. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I but love I, how he just puts the camera right between the two of you, yeah. The, yeah. Box, the two boxers. It's great. Um, the, the, the fight with, uh, I, I think it's the fight with Sonny Liston, I can't remember, or one of the fights with Sonny Liston, it, it, where the camera oftentimes is the glove. Mm-hmm. So the camera is flying into the guy's face, yeah. and it's like you're bashing the guy's face with the camera. It was amazing. It's interesting, though, Raging Bull, we talk about putting the camera in between the two, and then, but isn't that what Bruce did in Enter the Dragon? Absolutely. Oh, uh, man, in Return of the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the fight scene with Chuck Norris. Always comes back to Bruce. Yeah. Um, Since you guys have, have played in that kind of pugilistic sports, what, what's your take on Ali? I, you know what I think? Ali is one of those things where your subject matter is so much bigger than life that it always looks like and feels like dress up. They did a good job. It was a it was a decent film, but it's a good movie. Ali was so huge of a personality that I think, and I think that that's that's the danger you run when you when you try to tackle a real life. Um, you know, for, and, and I'm putting up air quotes here, mythological, um, right. historical figure. In that, nothing you do because first of all. Will Smith is 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 going to be Will Smith. He's an amazing actor, mm-hmm. but you're always going to see Will Smith yeah, unless you like find Kingsley. some unknown. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Ali was weird for me because um, the guy who played George Foreman mm-hmm. um, uh, worked for me. 
Uh, really? At the Palms, yeah. He he was a uh, he was a security guy. He worked the elevators at the at the Palms, um, and he in he he had some you know some real boxing. You know, like every now and then he'd have a match coming up or whatever. But you know, to me, he was always, dude. I can't believe that you're working for me yeah. and you're <laughs> and it's you gotta play be surreal, George right? Foreman and, and <laughs> you, you go and get drunk at a casino and George Foreman shows up there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love your girl man <laughs> George Foreman's one of those guys that like when he was competitive when he was a boxer mm-hmm. he was like a monster yeah he was like yeah. it, it was like and then frightening and it was so weird well, to see that transition came... to like the bald-headed smiling pitch guy but when he came back it was like he was an old man just he i remember a lot of old guys going like fucking is it yeah you know? absolutely um i'm gonna throw out a little tiny uh film from 2002 um called beautiful boxer about a transsexual boxer yeah. in Thailand. In Thailand. And it's great. That's and it's g- just one of those things no one ever talks about. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to also throw out a couple of other names now. Million Dollar Baby. Sure. Cinderella <laughs> Man. Um, and then most recently you've got um, The Fighter and... Um, Southpaw. Creed and Southpaw. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe a, a fairly obscure one is also The Boxer from... Uh, it was Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He really learned how to fight in that for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it was a it was an interesting movie. I mean, obviously, best or the 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 boxing was really kind of second place to what the actual story was, but uh, it was very raw. I mean, mm-hmm. Daniel Day Lewis doesn't do anything half ass, and and that was a movie where I, was, I, I walked out of the theater thinking, shit, <laughs> you know, that was that was pretty powerful all yeah. the way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some scenes in the in the fighter that are like that too. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. You know, what's funny, you know, uh, getting back to to because I think I think it would be remiss of us not to talk a little bit more about the Rocky films, even though even though that's what everybody knows, and we don't want to we don't want to spend too much time mm-hmm. on it because everybody everybody knows yeah. the Rocky films, right? Um, but just to, just about how important. Um, that first Rocky film was, and 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 it, and and it it also illustrates something that I think is is indicative of Sylvester Stallone's career because I saw the same thing happen with the Rambo movies. The first movie is amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with First Blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. First Blood is an amazing. It's it's a great, and I don't just mean in like, oh man, it was badass. It's a good. It's movie. a good movie. It's a yeah. good movie. Breaks down a little at the end. Right Based here. on a good book. Yeah. Um, oh, the book is much worse. It's much more. Oh yeah. Well, it's a, you know, the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ends differently. Everybody dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I I remember when I was I, I was in high school and I was reading the book. And then First Blood came out, and I, and I, I was so excited that I had read the book. You uh-huh. know, I'm like, I'm trying to tell people, and nobody yeah. is listening to me. But anyway, that was the story of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but then the, the success of sequels. Um, well, they get they just, bigger and bigger, and they get more overthought and more overthought. Yeah, and it's not silly. until I think. Rocky Balboa that he brings it back right around. They had stuck around long enough that they um, were able to come back to a point of quality, uh, and and so you know that says something about the franchise in general as far as. And in many ways, with the Rocky films, they were kind of the same kind of story again over and, and, again and over and, and over again. again. Yeah, um, a little flavoring in there of how 
success tests you. Right. Sometimes more than failure. Right. Um, Family becomes a, a, a thing in, yeah, in yeah, the movies. Yeah. Not in the Rambo films, but... Right. Right, 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 right. But I, I like the message, and I, I saw this recently. It was a it was a GIF online, but it, it reminded me from the the last Rocky movie when he was having a conversation with his adult son, which right. his statement was, you know, life isn't all all roses and and positive. Life is about how you move forward after getting punched in the face, mm-hmm. right? And, and how life will put you on your knees if you let it. I, I thought that was, you know, it it. it that's the theme that you can see throughout the entire movies. I mean, it is always move forward, move forward, move forward. But I mean, just so much life lesson in that. And it's, unfortunately, I think that message gets lost a lot of times, but it was such a strong message. And and I think when I saw that it, it raised my respect for Stallone for, for the way that they had that. Sure. It's a, it's, it's a continuation of something that Mike Tyson said. Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan Mm -hmm. until you get punched in the face. (laughs) Right. And, but I think that that's an incomplete, an incomplete message. And I think that the, the, the message that you're talking about, John, is what completes that message. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. has a plan until you get punched in the face. Then it's important for you to, to you know, to come up with another and plan. And I think that that's, I yeah. think that that's where Tyson failed. Well, I think, I think a, a lot of that has plan. because the disruption of that plan comes because uh, people don't get punched in the face enough. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, <laughs> true. I mean, it's true. when you live in a world where you've never been punched in the face, it's really easy to talk a lot of shit. Um, and when you do get punched in the face, your plan collapses because that was the unthinkable thing. Right. But if you're used to it, then it's just like, oh, now we're in that room, and I got a plan for that. Yeah, and it's yeah. easier to deal with those other things that get hurled at you. You know, it's yeah. easier to become water. It's easier to become Teflon and mm-hmm. let slide, you know, stuff slide right, off right, right. you. It's yeah. the it's the person that. Talks to me game about you know I'll I'll kick his ass and then right yeah it's like shut up it, Sh- show yeah. me show me yeah. let's go outside anyway um, all right uh, let's see I guess the big the big elephant in the room are football films we can get those out of the way right my favorite football film of all time I don't even know if I have the title right it just occurred to me whenever you said football so yes. forgive me if I get it wrong the best of times. Robin Williams and Kurt Russell. Really? Yeah. I remember that one. That's a great movie. I remember that one as well. Right? It's it's Kurt Russell's, like, the high point of his life was this his football career in high school. Right. And it comes down to this one big game, and he, he, and he fumbles. I he can't remember. It he something. bits it. Yeah. And his entire life, the, the, the entire course of his life from that point, has been directly affected by that. And Robin Williams, who's his buddy, who is more of a fan than anything else, is, you know, it's like 20 years later or something. And he's trying to get people to recreate this game. Because he's like, look, man, the space-time continuum is messed up. You're (laughs) supposed to win. And if we just just do that, everything will be awesome again. You know, it's going to reset the Literally signing on for anything. And uh, I love that movie. That's a fun movie. Yeah. All right, John. Uh, you know, I I could default to say Brian's song, but I'm going to be a heretic and say I actually don't even like that movie that much. And, you know, Allah forgive me, James Caan, you're a king, but that, that movie just does not do anything for me. Uh, I, I like, with, with football movies, I like simple, stupid, funny popcorn flicks. I like the necessary roughness. I like uh, the replacements. I mean, movies right. that... 
that aren't really deep in substance, but they're just fun. Yeah. <laughs> what, just, was the, what was the... We, so, I, again, I don't watch these movies. Sure, so go I ahead. don't know what any of these Take your shot. Are. I, I remember some movie where somebody's playing football, and they run down... It's like in the beginning of the movie... And they run, you know, they make a touchdown, and they pull out a gun and shoot somebody. Thank oh, that's you. the last Boy Scout. Thank yep, you. That's yeah, Boy okay. Scout. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I was going to mention that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I'm laughing because I thought to myself, my favorite football movie, I think uh, Concussion. Oh, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> anyway, actually, one, one of them is Black Sunday. It has nothing uh, to do with terrorism. sports. Yeah, it's, but about, it, it's, it's set at a Super it's Bowl. It's set at a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um... um there's I'm a, glad you didn't say leathernecks. Yeah. <laughs> I have leather, well, leatherheads. 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 Leatherheads are Marines. Um, or Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, Rudy's Rudy, always yeah, that really cinema. A um, couple of ones for me, I think. And I like football films more than, I guess, than, than you do, sir. Um, but I'm going to throw things like We Are Marshall. Talk yeah. about inspiring on all levels. Uh-huh. Gridiron Gang with The Rock. Right. Um, our intro is from Gridiron Gang. Yeah. Um, Remember the Titans is good. Yeah, remember the Titans What's is great. What's the one with Sandra Bullock in the, the Blindside? Blindside, Blind yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jerry Maguire sort of peripherally is in there. Against all odds, all the right moves. Remember Wildcats with Goldie Hawn? Yes. Female coach. Heaven Can Wait, North Dallas 40. Dude, Longest Yard. Oh, the Longest uh, Yard. Uh, there you the, go. The nah, original, not the shitty remake. Right, not the yeah. shitty remake. Although Joey Diaz is in the remake, Whatever, so we're going to give him a little bit of a bit. Um, Man, that first and then a really great. big one for me early on was Paper Lion, the documentary about George Plimpton. Uh, um, I remember thinking... George Plimpton oh, is George a Plimpton was a gangster. Badass, yeah. He would... What? He was like... He has it's our like, attitude. What? Yeah. It's like... Let's give you... Oh, give somebody's going to... Okay. <laughs> he got into a ring once. I know. Like, he's... George Plimpton was awesome because he's like... How can I write about this? How can I write about this thing? <laughs> Unless I've experienced it. The and debut of Langley, George Flippin' in rehearsal. Go ahead. No, that, and, and, and that was an amazing approach to being a, uh, I, a journalist. I subscribe to all of that. Yeah. John and I went shooting because I needed to know what you guns were know, like. Right? I, we started fighting because I needed to know what that was like. Right. So I totally get it. I call it immersion. Yeah. yeah. I totally get that stuff. Um, uh, and it, it bring, brings authenticity. To and it. while he's while he's most known for that kind of stuff, kind of inserting himself into the sports world and like you know, I'll try fencing or whatever it is, you know. Um, he also did the same thing with culture and and yeah. like you know, he, he was an important guy back in the day. Absolutely. Um, his his um, oral uh, biography of uh, Edie Sedgwick mm. is. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, um, yeah, it's great. And and he he kind of he kind of uh, is the father of that type of journalism. Important stuff, kids. George Plimpton. <laughs> Look his ass up. Yeah. Uh, where do we want to go from here? I, I got a ton of stuff. I want to talk briefly about a documentary that I really like. That uh, uh, people will go, that's not a sports film, but it, it most certainly is, and that's um, Fistful of Quarters, the King of Kong, which is in a weird way. Yeah, which is a documentary about a guy who um, is it's a Donkey Kong movie. Yeah, it's a Donkey Kong movie. He he's a he's a Donkey Kong an arcade Donkey Kong competitor, and he's up against this weasel of a guy um, who was part of the 
competitive arcade, you know, sports world, if there was such a thing in the 80s. No, I'm laughing because I have, I literally have 60 pages of notes here, and I do not have video games <laughs> as, a, as a thing. It's the one thing that's escaped me. Well, I, the reason why I bring it up is because I think a lot of the, a lot of people who listen to the show probably are, uh, they're genre people, so there's a lot they're of nerds, gamers, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's people who play video that games. That was Langley that, that called you all nerds. Yeah, <laughs> nerds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think you're fine American. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, is nerd a bad word? No. Okay. No. Good. No. All right. It's, it it's, triggers me. It's the new cool, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the new black. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I figured this is a movie that, could, that speaks to all these themes of... David versus Goliath, the underdog, um, training. There's a whole training section where this guy like spending like in an ordinate amount of music montage of yeah. quarters yeah, going exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. Him wiping um, sweat have off. Have you seen it? Bro- yeah, it's great. It's yeah, a it is great good story. It's it, there's it a sequel in a weird way. I have not seen it. The, um, they sort of keep the story going. It's like what happened after what happened right. after right, right. after that. But I also wanted to bring up um, I wanted to bring up Rollerball. There we go. Yes. Um, rollerball. John's all, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, now, James Conn, now I'm with you. <laughs> Rollerball's great. You know, it's a future where wars don't happen. The, the, the conflicts are decided through um, sports competition. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the game is this weird mix of roller derby and... I, I, I don't even know what... To, uh, roller Derby and... Uh, Demolition Derby. Demolition Derby. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I'm waiting to hear... John, John you you referee Derby, yeah? Yeah, the, not the rollerball type, but, but the, derby, the, new, the new flat track. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about, like... Roller Derby, Roller man. skating movies. Fucking A. Yeah. I, got a I, got, I got a few. Oh, God. So where do you want to start? So Whip It. Would be okay. probably we were talking earlier. Whippet is probably the the modern. Uh, I don't want to say the the inspiration, but kind of the inspiring point that got a lot of women re-energized about Derby. Even though there's there's almost nothing in that movie that relates to to Derby today. Mm-hmm. It was the idea that you know here is a physical contact sport that you can the the barrier of entry is very low. It's it's not horribly expensive to get started and you could kind of play, you know, outlaw derby and go out and, and hit a bitch for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and it's, you know, it, it was, it's interesting just from my standpoint. So, so the background in, I think it was just like 2009, 2010, my, my wife came home and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to play roller derby. And, and I looked up from my computer and I said, you're, they're going to, you, they're going to trade you like currency. You're going to get your ass beat. And, and she said, no, not at all. It's not like that. And, and I said, they're going to murder you. But okay, you know, it'll pay the house off. So so she went off and she did the training and it, it was grueling. I mean, she was skating, you know, uh, to 10, 11 at night, uh, you know, four days a week. She They had a boot camp. She had to learn fundamentals, not only from skating, but also from, you know, hitting and, and just everything about it and i i just kind of you know let her do her thing uh but then i got to see it she she took me to an actual game and i i was like 
holy shit, that's that's actually pretty awesome, and I don't understand a thing of what they're doing. Mm. Um, and then once she made a team and she got involved in her league, she said, you know, hey, I, I think you need to come ref because refs are hard to find, and you know, you have a hockey background, and and, and I don't know why people think ice skates are the same as quad <laughs> roller skates because they fucking well aren't. Right. Uh, and, and I hadn't roller skated in, I don't know, 35 years. So, you know, that was unpleasant and, and that was painful. But, but after a while, you pick it up. And uh, it's, it's, an, it's an exhilarating sport to watch. It's, a, it's the most dynamic sport I think I've ever tried to ref. You know, I've ref soccer, I've refed a few other things, but, but derby was by far the most complex sport hmm. because everything is happening... There's so many things happening in such a confined space, and you're moving at all times. Uh, you know, it's not like football where you you play for ten seconds and you wait for a minute. You're you're always going, hmm. right? You you might have a thirty second break, but you could have nonstop action for two minutes, thirty I'm, seconds, two minutes. I'm blown away when I like. There's a local team here, the Roller Baddies, that right. yep. that uh, uh, you go out and you meet you meet friends of my wife's and stuff, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, she does Roller Baddies. Yeah. Like, Really? Yeah, well, it's like um, a, um, a lot of my female friends are into um, rugby mm-hmm. now, you know, and, nice. and it's that's a brutal sport. It's a brutal sport. Yes. And, 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 and roller derby is, you know, when when the, the kind of resurgence of roller derby started, which was what? I don't know, late 90s, maybe? Uh, Mid 90s? Yeah, yeah. Kind of when, yeah. when it started to, to become back. a thing yeah, again. Yeah. But, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking back to when I'm, like, you know, seven, 1974, and I'm watching roller derby on TV, and in, right. in my mind, roller derby equated with professional wrestling. Right. Yeah. Because it was, there was kind of this, you know, they, they, they would set up all these crazy rivalries, and there was a lot of the same shenanigans that go on with professional mm-hmm. wrestling. And it was always done, like, traveled around, it was done in gyms, right. and always that, that sort of cable access level production. Value. Right, yeah, I watched sure. it on the UHF channel, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 but I always enjoyed it more than I did professional wrestling yeah. maybe even right. at an early age i'm like look at those girls look at them they girls freaking hot yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that girl could hurt me yeah yeah speaking of that well, i'm going to throw a name out there and say uh 72 kansas city bomber raquel welch does roller derby yeah. oh yes oh man that's I a forgot huge about that, that was huge when i was a kid oh, young man. tom enjoyed that oh. movie a lot <laughs> now i gotta go back and watch that yeah. now man oh yeah, it's great I forgot that's it right. was right around that ace era that Raquel Welch was doing some really cool stuff like Fuzz 100 Rifles uh, Myra Breckenridge yeah yeah yeah, yeah all that stuff mm-hmm. who's at her heyday nah her She's heyday was her first film sir that <laughs> was One Million Years BC <laughs> <laughs> maybe Fantastic Voyage thrown in there yeah, alright so um, yeah it's interesting it's the same template being thrown onto another sport. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Whip It, the, the story of Whip It. Whip It. Well, first of all, Whip It was a good book um, before it was made into a film. Mm-hmm. Um, Whip It has a scene in it that makes me misty-eyed. This, no matter, but you know, a drunk Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and that's it is when uh, the main character, played by uh, Ellen Page, Ellen yep. Page, um, is. Trying to tell her parents, this is, this is the one thing 
This is the, you know, like... It's I've, kind of a coming out scene. Yeah, it's like, exa- exactly. It's like, okay, you know, I, I don't remember what all she says, but in my mind I'm thinking, remember the damn saxophone lessons? Remember mm-hmm. the, the violin lessons? Remember the, the baseball? Remember thing. all the stuff that I it never fit and it, and it always disappointed you guys and you were always looking for something for me? Mm. This is it. Yeah. This is the one that thing. That was me explaining to my doctor why I'm punching people. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You try to explain it. They just yeah. tell people don't understand. Yeah. Or it's anything. It's yeah, your, your dad's trying to get you to build a bird house yeah. and with a hammer and nails. And I'm like, I just, I can't. This is one. Yeah, it's like, look, jam. look over here. Look, see this monster I'm building? That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, it takes... reminds me, it's a long story, but it, it's, it has, I'll shorten it. It's about a young girl in a principal's office, and she's doing poorly academically. Right. Principal pulls the parent out to have a conversation with him, leaves the girl in the room, and he turns the radio on. And when they come back in the room, he opens the door, and the little girl is dancing around the room. And the principal turns to the parents and says, well, here's your problem. You don't have a student. You have a dancer. Right. That's the difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so often that is applicable because we, a lot of times parents, they try to sort of put their thumbprint on their, yeah. you know, on their child so thinking up, about as opposed to letting them right. blossom into I, who they are. I think, you know, their heart's in the right place. They, they, they think about, well, what do you do? You, 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 you speak to your own experiences. Mm-hmm. What made me happy as a kid? What did I want to do? Well, of course, you, you try to... You know, you, you build on your own experience. So often, though, yeah. but then that's it gets tied up in things like legacy. And well, yeah, you got you know, what? you've got you know, uh, 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 beauty pageant moms and bullshit yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. It, Go ahead, John. I was going to say it's, and I think you nailed it. You also nailed exactly why so many women go into derby is they find their niche, they find that that passion, they find where they belong. They, they plug in well. They, they're not living vicariously through their parents anymore. Mm-hmm. They're living their lives the way they believe they're meant to, uh, to live them. And, and some of the most incredible athletes, I think, of any sport I've seen play derby. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a gal, if you look her up, she plays for, I think she plays for the Denver Roller Dolls now. Uh, her, she goes, her derby name is Scald Eagle. She used to play in Portland. She's 6'1", pure muscle. Wow. One of the most incredible like, skaters and hitters I've ever seen. That's like Gabby Garcia on skates. Oh, right. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and if you go into YouTube, and I can send you the link later, there is a hit that she laid in Portland. She hit a gal who was also similarly sized and took her completely off her skates. <laughs> and, and when you see that in person, you just can't help but realize, oh, oh my God, that that's, that's Newton right there. That's, yes, that's far more hardcore than I ever want to do. Anything. You know what? The mo- the biggest bashing I've ever seen was in a uh, uh, field hockey game. Oh, yeah. And I think that ex- that speaks to kind of what we're talking about with, with, with Derby is, is it's we are we are two-sided individuals. All of us are two-sided individuals. We have a, for want of a better word, we have a male side and a female side. Sure. We have and it's yin impor- and yang, this hard yin and, and soft. Yang. Yeah. So it's important to for you as a to be a well-rounded individual to sort of feel both of those out, and so often like men aren't allowed to be feminine and right. women aren't allowed to be masculine. Derby and that kind of thing does just that. Now they're in there mixing it up. It's like watching a, a, a young woman come to martial arts. Right. It's like I didn't know I can do this. Right. Right. And now well, I'm there. I am doing let's it. Let's think about this this woman that that John's talking about. 
who who is blessed or cursed, depending on how you look at it, with these natural attributes. Mm-hmm. You know, could she be a ballet dancer? She could be, but would she? But odds are, not be as good, be, or 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 or, uh, or a gymnast, or. Here is something that is tailor-made for mm-hmm. her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, like powerlifting. Yeah. yeah and Those big like, farm girls, it's like powerlifting. You see like, them coming out of Ohio and stuff. Right. Deadlifting shit like the mountain does. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I guess that brings up, since we're talking about martial arts films, it was, this was hard because it was really hard not to bleed over into straight up you know, Chopsaki movies. Right, I think. right. And I think, like, things like um, No Retreat, No Surrender is more martial arts movie than it is sports film. Right. This. But something like Best of the Best is more uh, sports yeah. film than it is martial arts film. Right. Um, I'll throw out, there's a early, uh, 43, there's a movie called Sajiro Sugata. It's a judo movie. Dude, I've... That is one of the greatest movies ever made of all. Look, you just made the hair on my arm stand up. Man, that movie is it's great. badass. I want to say the it's Kurosawa. I can't remember. An early Kurosawa, but I'm, I'm probably wrong on that. But we've already talked about like Karate Kid and best of the, we said best of the best. Yeah, yeah. Bloodsport well, is Blood like Sport, the one that everybody the goes to. Yeah, is yeah. In there. The Quest. Red Belt is a good one. Red Belt is Madden good. Film. Yeah, that is good. Um, that's one of the things that they, they, they keep trying to foist off on us, and that's the MMA film. Right. Um, you kind of get it with things like Warrior. Yeah, man, there's it. a million. There's a million of them. And well, go ahead, John. I, I was going to say, in terms of if you're, if you're going to fold MMA into that, then I think a must-watch is the documentary on Mark Kerr, and that's The Smashing Machine. Yeah, that's a great That is a good documentary. That's a great documentary. Um, yeah. The thing, I think... I think the the battle that the person who's trying to make an MMA film has to face is that MMA is a product of the of modern mm-hmm. times. Right. So it's always been um I mean it started as a cable thing, right? You know, you pay-per-view, you watch the UFC, that type of thing. And then it grows and it and becomes the what it is now. It's so ubiquitous. It's hard to come up with a movie about MMA that is as engaging as the real life. Yeah, yeah, MMA yeah. Stuff, yeah. You know? I, I think it's also, I, I think it's, we may see it, but at this point, it's so new that our cinematic language hasn't caught up with the ability to tell that kind of a story. I just, because so much happens, like, so much of MMA happens on the ground, and right. so much, uh, much of it is how do you portray that Cinematically, almost. Well, um, let's say, for example, Tom, you come to me and you say, "I'm tasking you. I want you to write uh, a a MMA mm. movie, right?" And it can't be Rocky. Well, here's what here's uh, well the first thing, the first limitation I put on myself is none of it's happening in the ring. None of it's happening in the octagon. Right, right, right. right? I, I'm going to take these uh, a slice of these people's lives. And figure out something to do because it's not the one hour or the hour you spend in the ring. It's the months you spend on the road. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That would be far more. It was kind of like in a weird. John, are you dry firing something while we're talking? (laughs) No, no. I'm sorry. There was a a clicking my PC was doing, but it stopped. I think Uh, the hard drive. I think the hard drive's going to fail. We're good. It uh, it kind of reminds me of um, the Pumping Iron movies. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Both of those movies are great. I they're, love they're, those they're movies. Great. Yeah. No, they're good stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. That's a sport, kind of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Stay Hungry. Stay Hungry. Stay Hungry. My favorite bodybuilding film. Wow. Does anybody remember Stay Hungry? Kind of. Not at all. Arnold Schwarzenegger is... is uh, yeah, he's like a bodybuilder. He's a bodybuilder. It's like a love Sally story. Fields Sally Fields yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, plays a fiddle. Like that... He wants to be like a fiddle player or something. Speaking of that... <laughs> it's have nuts. you ever seen... There's a latter-day Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where he, he breaks... <laughs> Have this violin and starts playing it, and it's the stupidest thing you've ever seen because it's literally <laughs> him just making these like ooh faces as he's sawing back and forth, and this like Paganini is playing in the background. Oh so how, how how have we left uh, over the top out of this conversation? I think we haven't gotten around it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, over the top is kind of its own thing, right? How many are how there many arm many wrestling special movies? Arm wrestling movies are there? Another, if, if there's more than one, uh, if there's more than one, then I, I think. Well, there's... we have okay, so we have over the top, right? Which would be the Hollywood uh, arm wrestling film, right? Which usually means there's got to be some lower budget arm wrestling movie. Like I, now, oh. my quest is to find that movie. <laughs> I'm looking really be out there. That, that, that's comparing like a, a good. Uh, Oh, what am I thinking? A, a good um, stadium film of, let's say, U2 versus the Gathering of the Juggalos. Right, right. right. I mean, yeah. you, you can only go down. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's just unfortunate. Oh, man. Has anybody ever seen that documentary? I, I want to say Vice did it about the, the, Juggalos. the Juggalos. I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, Honestly, I, I've never felt so bad for humanity. <laughs> It's uh, frightening. And, it's really frightening. Like well, I don't know, even get it. First of all, you're, the music's shitty. <laughs> two, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I do get the idea, and this is so not about what we're talking about, but <laughs> the idea about family and, and family people and that come from broken and, homes. And, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to rally around, Some like the, the like band. the worst. And before you humanity. send notes about how great ICP is, go <laughs> fuck yourself. Well, I mean, so I'll give them, I'll give them at least credit for the message that they're trying to find some sort of positive bonding. You know, good on them. Yeah, but, but then you see but these the are absolutely the worst kind of people That's, that should. Yeah, it's like you don't you don't find positive bonding based around meth. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? You think this or is going poultry. wild, you know? And then you see the. Have you seen the video of the the? There's a video on YouTube or floating around the internet of some guy. He like puts a camera inside of a tent, and this girl's being, this train's being run on this girl. And it's fucking horrible. All you think of is like, oh my god, her dad must be just right going to the rope store. But I think, well, I think that that's part of it. I think that that's part of it. I think a lot of the people in this community probably don't have that. Mm. They may You're not know right. no, no boundaries, no understanding. They don't have sports to fall back on. And how you right. get that out of that uh, fucking that was miracles video, John, but it's not going <laughs> to Have you ever seen that Miracles video? Oh, God. Miracles. I, Look, ICP Miracles. Yeah. Up. It's, yeah. it's, Is that the magnets? How do they work? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all on this green screen thing, and it's fucking hilarious. It's so, so great. So, uh, during my brief stint with the, the police department here, Uh-oh. I, I dealt with a lot of homeless camps. And... Uh, there is a, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say where it is, but there is a large camp, uh, for lack of a better word, it's a juggalo camp. Uh, oh, God. 
tent. The worst things coming happen this spring, out there. Yeah, coming it's, this spring from um, uh, uh, Learning Channel, Juggalo Camp. Prostitution, drugs. Like Jesus like it's, Camp. It's all like, oh my God, it's like... <laughs> Training ground for Juggalo. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Man. You call that face paint, boy? There's a movie there, sir. I know, yeah. <laughs> or a book. Yeah, yeah, a book. Story there. yeah. That's... Where's Hunter Thompson when we need him? No, yeah, that's that... that's your third book in your... Uh... <laughs> We're going to get away from this, but in Clown Town, the scaries are juggalos. Right, okay. Yeah. Dude, yeah. hear me out, hear me out, okay? Okay, you pull a George Plimpton, and you yeah. immerse yourself in the it's juggalo and <laughs> chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. And again, before you, if you're a fan, God love you, but you grow out of this. Yeah. And one day you'll look back and there'll be picture. Your your kids will go, "Why do you have this shit on your face, Dad?" It, it's it's the Jinkos of the '90s, right? Yeah. <laughs> My kids to this day are embarrassed that there's a photo of me in crow makeup. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say in Crocs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. There's lots of photos. I'd be kids. more concerned about the squatty potties. The squatty potties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk shit. Don't talk shit about squatties. Those parties. work, damn it. They work. Squatties do work. I don't know how we got there. Yeah, I don't know how we got there, but well, I was gonna say it could lead into competitive eating movies because there are some documentaries there. John made an, a valiant effort. Did you hear that? I, I did somewhere in there, and I'm like, no, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I really tried. So let's. What what are they? I guess there's the Kobayashi one, right? The yeah. competitive eating and thing on the Kobayashi. Nathan's famous hot dog and and all the ridiculous people. How is that, that a sport? I, <laughs> I don't I, get I it. I don't know. Well, how does ESPN consider uh, poker a sport? Wait, wait. So hold on. I, I used to feel the same way. I, I like especially when we started to see weird things pop up in the Olympics. Uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute, come on. But if you stop and think about it, one, it's it's competitive. Sure. Two, it requires training. Sure. Three, um, there are both team and individual elements of some of these weird sports, these weird things. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, to me, it fits the criteria of sport. What what it doesn't what it doesn't do is I don't see it pushing the boundaries of human limitations. Yeah, we're gonna like leave what that we were talking about. For Dom DeLuise and Fatso. Remember yeah. Fatso? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess, yeah, I guess, but, uh, uh... Has there been a good archery movie? Like, no. not not about people running around shooting kind people of. with arrows. Wasn't but... that the, there was a Gina Davis thing where she was an Olympic... Well, no, was she was in real tra- life. Yeah, she that was trying to be yeah. an Olympic yeah. archer. Well, that might have been a, a documentary following her path into uh, trying out for the Olympics. Right. Because that was, that was oh. her big thing. By the way, did either of you guys catch the uh, Idris Alba? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love yeah. that. It was love great, that. right? It was, it was, it was very such compelling. A cool, yeah, very compelling. And it's just when you think, yeah, then you find out he dated Madonna. You, really? Eh, yeah, supposedly. Right? She, they were okay, together while they were at the boxing. Wait, wait, boxing. wait, wait. Back oh, up. So I'm shitting on Madonna. You're yeah, shitting yeah. on Madonna, but most of the time, this is my issue with that: is that most of the time you're shitting on Madonna because she's old. And doesn't look cute anymore. No, I'm shitting on Madonna because she's old, doesn't look any, any, doesn't look cute anymore, and still acts as if she does. But you know what I mean? she like, know. 
grow into yourself. Grow into your womanhood. Don't sure. don't 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 put a grill in your mouth. I think it's, I, I think I, I probably cut her more slack than I should because she was such a strong and and, and this is I don't like any of Madonna's music. Mm-hmm. Like none of it from any time period. All right, yeah. Bedtime um, Stories is a great album. But I love seeing anybody who beats the odds. And, sure. And, 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 and Agreed. David slaying Goliath again in right. whatever endeavor they're doing. And then you do. get to hear, read an interview with Guy Ritchie, who was married <laughs> to her. She's, she's a master of reinvention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to shit on her so much. I'm just saying. That was mostly for a joke. That. See, I was trying really is. hard to bring that back to sport. I'm, I'm <laughs> like gives you, gives you a, a kickboxing victory, but he makes you sleep with Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings to mind yes. something that has nothing to do, and yet it does. Uh-huh. Um, are you familiar with a musician named Dan Burns? No. So you, you, get, you should go and check out a song called Tiger Woods by Dan Burns. Okay. That's B E R N, and I can't remember if there's an S on it or not. But yeah, just just look up Tiger Woods' song. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> I I think you just got us into golf movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's do that. Caddyshack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, not even really a, a golf movie. Moment. But yeah. Caddyshack well, does tin cup. Of, tin cup. Right. Right. I'm Happy Gilmore. For my list. Yeah. Which is also weirdly a hockey movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind um, of. Pat and Mike. I got Pat and Mike, Spencer Tracy, and Catherine Hepburn. The Caddy right. with Martin and Lewis. Um, Caddy the Shack, Legend Caddy, of Caddy Bagger, 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 Bagger Vance. Yeah. And my personal favorite, a movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played with Shia LaBeouf. It's from a Mark Frost book. It's about a you know, young caddy who enters himself at the, on a lark into this prestigious golf right. thing and, then and does well it and sweeps it oh wow um, it's about uh, Francis Wamey and his victory in the 1913 US Open which led to is a big ch- go ahead you said Shia LaBeouf is in it and he's good yeah he's really good in it <laughs> so and you know from our the last time we talked on one of these I think I said the my the one movie that I've seen that I really enjoyed him in was Fury and, and he ended up getting shot in the face <laughs> So does that happen? No. Oh. <laughs> He's actually, it's actually, it's, it's your typical sports movie ending. Okay. Yeah. But right. it's good. And it makes golf exciting, you know. Which, yeah. which is saying something. Yeah. Right. I mean, There's a reason have, they drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you don't need to be a golfer to enjoy that. Um, sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a racing film. Okay. Um, and it's not, Car racing? it's not the, uh, it's not the Thunder movie with, uh, Days of Thunder? Yeah, yeah, it's not Go that Go ahead. Um, Death Race 2000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah? That's that's probably my favorite car racing film. Oh, jeez, i got a ton of these. What about you, John? That's a great movie, too. It is a great yeah, movie, man. Yeah, that's that's a hard one That's a hard one to top, but there's a, a really good documentary called Road, and it came out a couple of years ago. It's, uh, it, it's actually about motorcycle road racing, and it's I think it's a Brit movie, uh, which... In fact, it was a Brit movie, and I think, uh, uh, what's his, uh, I've drawn a blank, he does the Taken movies, Liam Neeson, Liam, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's in it. Um, it, it. You know, it's, motorcycle racing is is exhilarating and terrifying, and, and I think it's, just watching people throw their bodies around at 200 miles an hour is just something that I will never do. Uh, and when I would ride a bike, I was 
I was pedestrian at best. So it's one of those things that I have a, a massive appreciation for people that, that have no fear of death. And uh, it, it's worth checking out, I think. Hey, man, have you ever watched any of this um, um, ice motorcycle racing? Yeah, with the spikes uh, on the tires. Spikes and shit. The tires. Yeah, that's scary. Holy that's shit. scary as hell. That's some rollerball that's, level shit, man. That's like no, that's Russian. That's that's <laughs> Russians going. I got a I got a great idea, Boris. <laughs> We're gonna they put spikes on our tires. Go ahead. They, they do that in Minnesota in the winters. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's Minnesota. What else that, you got? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there's a reason they have kids in the spring. So. <laughs> uh, you know what got me with the car racing? There was there was for a while they were really really popular. I mean, look at well, um, there's there's Steve, a McQueen and Le Mans, right? Um, um, Bobby Deerfield was a, was a big one. With there Al was Pacino. also this kind of rash of car movies that are they're they're essentially car racing movies, but they're not about car races. Um, eat my dust. Um, um, what was the one? Greased lightning. Greased lightning. Yeah, I have that on my list. Um, and, and how how people um, started on these circuits from like basically running moonshine and, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So you get these weird combo movies where it's it's simultaneously a sports film, but it's also um, it's also about uh, these illegal activities, mm-hmm. and those were fun. So uh, would you would you throw Cannonball Run and the Smokey and the Bandit movies into that? Because it was really a race against time. Yeah, really. Yeah, I would. I mean, and 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 to extrapolate on that, I would include it's a mad, 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 mad world as, as a, <laughs> in a weird way. A, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two that I'm going to throw out there is one I always every every time I have a chance to bring it up, it's the greatest drug movie of all time, and that's Speed Racer. Mm. Uh, yeah, Speed Racer. Okay, it's it's it's. Plot-wise, it, it's rickety, but man, have we have we had this conversation where like where people people shit on that movie? They shit on it a lot. They shit on it a lot, and in some ways, deservedly so. But visually, that man. movie is a trip. Like I remember, some dude was like, I, I remember Homeboy was like, you know, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, come blah, on. blah blah blah. Well, first of all, what the fuck have you seat. made? Yeah, have <laughs> a seat. I'll show you worse. Secondly, um. I took my son to go see that movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've ever had a better theater experience. Well, I think with Speed Racer, if you if you look at all the things that people complain about, the acting's over the top, and the, the, the light... It's, it's the cartoon. Be, yeah. It's the cartoon. It's, exactly. Yeah. Another thing I'll throw out there is a Japanese animated movie, if you can find it. It's called Redline. It's... It's like remember Enter the Matrix. There was that weird the Animatrix. The, yeah, the, Animatrix yeah, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. There was that weird, the weirdest one about the guy driving the car. I, I want to say. Yeah. Anyway, it's a whole movie of that, and it's 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 pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Hmm. Um, and then also Talladega Nights is in there. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You got to do that. Um, so, so a lot of the a lot of as usual, a lot of the suggestions that I bring up are are. <laughs> Out of the box. <laughs> yeah, out of the box. Marginally can can be considered. But this is a movie that I think is definitely, I don't think anybody can argue, this is a sports film. Um, I think it's a brilliant movie. It's easy. It's an easy movie. It's easy for people to say, oh, that's a great film, because it's so kind of pompous. Uh-huh. And, um, but it is a great movie, and that's Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Chariots of Fire is a great movie. That then Ben Jealous soundtrack still... It it's iconic. Me, man, it want, it makes me want to get up and do shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Those slow motion shots, that, that is just a super well-made I always shock people when I say I don't think it's, it's 
Van Gallus's best work, but it's it's definitely you hear it and you oh you, you yeah, immediately yeah, know it's, it. yeah it, it was a it was a transformative movie at the time yeah yeah it was like an art house sports film yeah in a weird way. yeah mm-hmm. um I look up in my notes and I see 2007 Simon Pegg Run Fat Boy Fat Boy Run, run. <laughs> I saw that in the theater did you directed yeah. by David Schwimmer was yeah. it. Uh, another uh, one I'll throw out. <laughs> um, the Ringer with Johnny yeah. Knoxville. It, oh, met, it, it walks the line between being offensive and it's, but it's absolutely hilarious. And the special needs actors are are phenomenal. Um, Prefontaine, John yeah. and I we were talking about it earlier. Man, okay, so now you're talking. Now, <laughs> now, okay, now you're talking. Now you're talking. One of the few things Young Langley did as a competitive sport was, was run was track. Really? Because it was yeah, because it was me by myself. You know, I didn't Doing have to. Thing. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did, and I did really well until I shattered my kneecap. But I, I, I went to state. I was look at yeah, you. I was good. Wow. Um, uh, All my running involved police. <laughs> As a so, kid. so Langley, would you say though that like movies or even documentaries that focus specifically on running tend to really kind of circulate in the worlds that they're supporting and not really have necessarily a, a broader mainstream impact? Or what's your opinion of that? No, I I totally agree. I, it, it, running is one of those weird things that. Um, it's so insular, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like... Especially long-distance running. Yeah, uh, r- long-distance running, um, you know, yeah, you know, you, everybody gathers at the end of the Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. maybe But less, no one's there for the mile now 17. Now being bombed, but... Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, when you're out there in the middle of it, it's just you. Mm-hmm. It's just you. Do you know who captures that pretty well? And it's not a movie. Is uh, Stephen King's... Um, the... The Long Walk. The Long Walk. Man, they really get that whole in preparation, isolation. Yeah, in preparation for this, for this, I started thinking about things like Battle Royale, mm-hmm. Hunger Games, that type of stuff. Are these sports films? And and I think probably not really was the ultimate conclusion <laughs> I came to. But it started me thinking about this is a topic that we come back to time and time and time again. The long walk needs to be made into a film. Dale yeah. Bond's been trying for years, and only the only the right person or only the best people can possibly pull it off. I think Darabont could do it. I think Darabont could do it. Yeah, yeah. I really do. Uh, it's interesting because most of the other names that I have of films I have on my list are films that, uh, they are very inspired. They're very sort of passed around from runner to runner. Um, uh, the Jericho Mile, Man. Golden Girl with Susan Anton, yeah. Personal Best, which is most people remember only because there was a slight lesbian scene. Right. Um, Running Brave with Ro- Robbie Benson. You know that was a great movie. Uh, and then what the finally, hell happened to Robbie Benson? By Ro- the way, Robbie Benson. First of all, he he's touring as a musician now. He's still married to Carla DeVito, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. who who I think was phenomenal. She was the person. If you watched the video for um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light with uh, with Meatloaf, with Meatloaf, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Carla DeVito. Yeah. While on the record, it's Ellen Foley, but. Um, she was in Pirates of Penzance and a bunch of other stuff. She yeah. had a great record, if you can find it, from the 80s. It's mm-hmm. called, it's, uh, is, is This a Cool World or What? Um, there's a great version of Jim Steinman's Heaven Can Wait that mm. she does on there that you should look up on YouTube. Carla DeVito, Heaven Can Wait. It's yeah. fucking amazing. 
But Robbie Benson, yeah. I remember He's Robbie producing Benson. and directing now. A lot of these guys. Donnie Most, um, sure, Ralph sure. Mouth, is, pr- is directing yeah, now. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of those cats went into that kind of stuff. But uh, I remember there was a time <laughs> when... I love the cat. Those, those cats. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I'm old. Um, uh, I remember at one time, Robbie Benson was fucking everywhere, man. He was everywhere. Man. He was like, and, it's, you know, we didn't... It's funny, we didn't bring him up during our made-for-TV movie thing, but he mm-hmm. was like the made-for-TV He was one of those heartthrobs. Like yeah. We were discussing last night, this is, again, off-topic, but we were talking about making love with Harry Hamlin and um, the guy from Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Jackson. And how the dude on... I'm, why am I escaping his name on Twin Peaks? He played the sheriff. Oh, uh, homeboy from... Uh, um, Michael Onkin. They were in a movie together. The guy from Slapshot. Yeah, he, his career. <laughs> and we're back. They made they made Making Love, and it was a it was kind of like Brokeback Mountain in a weird way. Right, but, right. Um, but his career kind of stifled until um, uh, Twin Peaks came along. Right. But Harry Hamlin's, Hamlin's flourish. It was kind of weird, and we yeah. we chalked it up to it had to have been an agent issue or someone who was Maybe. getting him gigs. Yeah. They well, just couldn't, you know. Who, who was catching in the movie? It wasn't like that. It was more oh. like, you know, I've, I found this bar, and it, for some reason I feel at home there, and the next thing you know, there's this, there was a big kiss, and it was a big deal at the time. Oh. Right. Because it was Kay Jackson that they were he was cheating on. Gotcha. And, uh, By the way, w- the day that we're recording this, again, having nothing to do with sports whatsoever, uh, is Twin Peaks Day. Oh, yeah, it right. comes out today, right? Yeah, this is the, this is the, the night that uh, it comes back. It's happening again. Um <laughs> And uh, the owls, I think, indeed, are exactly what they seem. But um, it's funny because uh, a lot of people, I, I, I don't know, like, I'm looking at this, I'm looking out, and I'm seeing all these just rabid, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, fans. And I and I heard, a, I read a review of the um, premiere. They did a premiere of, like, the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, something to keep in mind, David Lynch directed all of the new Right, all of the episodes. It's this is Lynch, and he's saying that he's not doing much of anything. Right, exactly. So, except annoying. To me, that means this is going to be the most weird, fucked up. Oh, I think by the time we get midway through this little run, it's going to go into the weeds because people aren't going to fucking get it. Lynch is like, who who fucking cares? I can do whatever I want. That's why we don't know anything about it so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the synchronicity of, of, you know, Laura Palmer saying, you know, I'll see you again in 25 years. Right, that's all very cool. It's very cool. And Michael J. Anderson, Mm -hmm. the the man from another place, Mm -hmm. the the little guy, Yeah. um, you know, says, 25 years ago, he says, the next time you see me, it won't won't be me. And he's not part of the new thing. Mm. And, And he's a Bitter, 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 bitter <laughs> fucker. Uh, and uh, and David Lynch just laughs and says, you know, hey, he said he wasn't going to be. <laughs> should, should have read the fine print there, buddy. Um, all right. All right. So I think, I, I, are we done talking about sports? Films? I, Is there I, any more I, on your list? Are we anything that we're missing? I, I have you, one thing. John, go ahead. I was going to say, you did bring up Bull Durham, right? No, we didn't. Oh, see, to there me are, that's. There are the so baseball many. movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we didn't talk about soccer movies, which... That's okay. Bend yeah. it like Beckham. Eh. Yeah. Watch uh. Ladybugs or the Big Green. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or comes, Shaolin Soccer. 
There you go. Watch Shaolin Soccer. There you go. Or, or Green Street, the ho- soccer hooligan the movie. Soccer hooligan movie. Elijah Wood. That's a great movie, by the way. Um, I wanted to bring up, so you, you, you said baseball. Um, I think A League of Their Own is sure. a yeah. fucking awesome movie. I think that's Agreed. an amazing movie. Speaking of Madonna again. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and that movie was good despite Madonna. It's, and it's, Madonna, it's, I think, her, her mythos added to that movie. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That was, that was, that's a great movie. Um, I also wanted to bring up a movie that has nothing at all to do with sports, and yet it meets all the criteria that we've been talking about. Little guy facing the big guy. Here comes. Training. King Kong. The whole, the whole nine <laughs> yards, okay? And that is um, Crossroads. Yeah, oh. Crossroads with, with uh, Good. Ralph Macchio. Macchio. Awesome. Yeah, uh, he it, it it follows all the things. Absolutely. He finds a a mentor who is teaching him in the ways of this sport. It it comes down to this competitive mm-hmm. contest between him and what the, the, the and the tournament is worth it. The high stakes. Of absolutely, the absolutely. Um, agreed. My yeah. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, and I, I think that gets back to your. Your original point when we started this is that you know it's the the message of sports movies isn't really sports, yeah. and, and it is that that message of the travel, uh, the trials and tribulations and redemption to success. I will say that uh, while I love Crossroads, uh, the idea that Ry Cooter, who is playing guitar for right. or Ralph Macchio, right. could mm-hmm. could could any could be Steve Vai is, is yeah. laughable. Well here's, well, here's the thing with any but, guitar. Here's the thing with any guitar battle. Is that it all hinges on someone breaking down? Mm-hmm. It's not about beating the guy. Yeah, it's yeah. about does he fuck up? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And a lot of it is, you know, um, lost on most audiences because a lot of what makes that scene so cool is is that the Rykuder stuff is it's swamp slide guitar. Right. Yeah. By it's all articulation. It's all that weird. And, and it's cool because if you it, it works on one level because you get it, you know, the audience gets it. But on another level, musicians can look at that and just go, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that where, you know, Vi was definitely taking him. But um totally. sure. Are there any things that on your list, John, that we, we haven't hit yet? No, we actually touched on pretty much all of them. I think the only uh, if I were to add a hockey movie, it would be Mystery Alaska. Um, yeah, man, that's a good movie. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a. I mean, it was a fun movie, a Russell Crowe movie. That uh, was, I think, ninety nine. Um, but you know, having you know lived, having spent a fair bit of time in Alaska, I would love to know where that mythical town would have been, because uh, just the the scenery there was freaking awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. I'm going to throw out, just get your pens and papers ready. Cheerleading movies, Bring It On, Set It, uh, set it Off, I want to say, and uh, the best cheerleader movie of all time, Debbie Dubs Dallas. <laughs> oh. um, we didn't talk about movies like The Hustler or The Color of Money. Or, res- or wrestling movies. Uh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, as you can hear, I'm page, paging through stuff. I dodgeball. Wanted to, I wanted to bring up. I, I don't want to talk about dodgeball. <laughs> Murder <laughs> ball is a much better movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, I was going to say, um, there's a gymnastics movie called Stick It. Yeah. That is yeah. actually really good. That's great. It's yeah. Uh, Blades of Glory, Cutting Edge, Ice Castles. <laughs> Those are I'm fun. Just, I'm laughing at Vision yeah. Quest. Vision Quest. Yes. Vision Quest. Filmed mostly um, in Spokane, of all places. What? 
Yeah, like, uh, filmed at Rogers and North Central High Schools. Like Z Nation. National Velvet. Yes. For horse racing, there's a lot of horse racing. There's a lot. I'm going to yeah. now. Black Stallion, Hot to Trot, um, Secretary, yeah. Hidalgo, Secretary, yeah. Hidalgo oh, with Viva uh, Mortensen. Yeah. I'm burning through these. Let's yeah, there's see. so many. The, again, showing how important jousting is to Night Riders. There's and a movie. It's just, there was a movie I was trying to think of. Like it, it occurred to me like briefly before I got here, and it's it's about sword um, play. Darkon. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> Did um, you see Darkon? I want to say it's Ben Kingsley who played in it, but I don't. I, I think that that might be wrong. But it's like the Way of the Sword, or something like that. And, and we've talked about it before. Um, but mm. it, it, I wanted to bring it up, but I I, I couldn't find it. Um, let's see, Mountaineering. I got I got things like Iger Sanction, which is more political thriller than sports movie. Right. But you've also got things like Vertical Limit and Touching the Void. Uh, I wanted to get to... I have some rodeo movies like Eight Seconds and um, mm. Electric Horseman. Junior Bonner is a real great one. With I was a big fan of the Electric Horseman when it came we out. We were talking about roller skating. We didn't talk about two perennial favorites, uh, Roller Boogie and Skate Town USA. <laughs> I think I saw Roller Boogie with um, Skate the Town fish who say Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sailing, I've got Contiki and White Squall. Those okay. are good. Skateboarding, Contiki Dogtown and Z-Boys. Contiki is not a sailing movie. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, they're on the ocean. It's, yeah, but it's, it's... They're not competing against other sailors. Other than to, to make it, not drown. <laughs> um, go ahead, John. I was going to say, are you leaving Gleaning the Cube off the skateboarding Oh, list? my God. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, skateboarding, uh, Dogtown and Z-Boys, and, um, the other one, uh, Lords of Dogtown. Which is mm. about the same thing, it's just one's a documentary and one's a, dom- a dramatization. All right. Do you remember right. the day in class when I was playing, like, that 80s techno <laughs> stuff, and Bryce is like, man, I'm gonna gleam the cube so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, skiing, I've got Downhill Racer with Robert Redford, I've got Other Side of the Mountain... Hot Dog the movie. Hot Dog, yeah. Yeah. Hot Dog. Yeah. Uh, ski Jumping, Eddie the Eagle, which was just out. We're yeah. just burnt this. Surfing, I wanted to get to this. Endless Summer. Um, Endless. But more importantly... Good one. Big uh, Wednesday. Big Wednesday. Two of my favorites you want to look up is uh, Step into Liquid and uh, Riding Giants. They're both about big wave surfing. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty groovy. I went and saw a movie in the theater when I was like in eighth grade. It was called Dirt. Yeah. And it was it was just all these different types of off road stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember there were like these with tractors that were like sure. in mud doing all kinds of weird shit. People like uh, on in dune buggies pulling people on like the hoods of cars across <laughs> sand dunes and shit. Uh, let's see, swimming. I'm gonna name two. Number one, Pride, the Terrence Howard. I, I call it Black Eyes Can Swim movie. It's like <laughs> competitive. It was back in the day of a racial prejudice. Right. And, and was there a movie based on Greg Luganis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also there's a little-known movie from 2005 called On a Clear Day. It's about um, a man uh, who played... He's one of the actors that was in Dog Soldiers. Uh, but anyway, he's he's retired. He has nothing else, nothing to do with himself. So he starts training to swim the English Channel. Mm. And it's very kind of rocky in the water. Tennis, who cares, really? Battle of Sexes is coming up. <laughs> Battle of Sexes is coming up. Um, underwater diving, I've got Into the Blue, The Deep, The Big right. Blue, 
<laughs> a blue, a blue. Again, we'd be we'd be remiss not to mention Kingpin. Right, Kingpin is in there. Uh, wrestling, Paradise Alley. I have Vision Quest, Over the Top, Body Slam, The Wrestler. Um, there's a movie now out. It, it is a great movie. Yeah. Um, Foxcatcher was just out recently. That's and then, also a um, great movie. Uh, there's yep. a movie that. Adam Carolla did called The Hammer. Yeah. Yep. That's that's pretty good. Alright. So hammer. I'm dying through my list. Alright. Uh, right. So we're going to take a small break and then we'll we'll come back and we'll talk news and all that other stuff. Hold on to your hats. C'était soir dedans Dans notre quartier Il n'avait pas de chance Et je l'ai invité Oui, il m'a regardé J'ai redemandé Dans ses bras J'ai dansé la samba C'est la photo Batanova Si on nouvel amour C'est la photo Batanova Ne l'oublie pas, était-ce la lune ou la bonne fortune? Peut-être ses bras. Ne l'oublie pas. C'est connu. Pour toute la vie, oui, on se mariera un samedi printemps et l'on aura un jour plusieurs enfants. C'est la photo Bossanova, si on nous va à l'amour, c'est la photo Bossanova. We're back. Hey. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. We're going to go through some, as usual, some deaths here. A lot, uh, a few people died. Um, did we go over Powers Booth last week? I thought I, we did. I, thought, I think we mentioned him because it was it was weird. I, th- I want to say that he died the day of the show. Yeah, it had so just it was, happened. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll skip but, him. Yeah. We, um, Ian Brady, who was one of the Moors killers with Myra Hindley, they killed five children. Um, he died of COPD. Uh huh. That guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, speaking of fuck that guy, Roger Ailes died. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Okay, that's horrible, but... I yeah, sorry for his anyways. family. You yeah. know what? Here's the thing he did. A lot of people don't know about Roger Ailes. Not even a year ago, he married Jerry Hall, who used to be married oh, to Mick Jagger. I remember If you Jerry look Hall. at the Roxy Music album Siren with the mermaid on the beach yeah. or on the rocks, that's her. Jerry Hall. Yeah. Wow. 
his talk about timing. Yeah, I know, right? Well, and then you, I imagine you're going to roll into Chris Cornell. Yeah, I am going to go into Chris Cornell next. Right. Um, so Chris Cornell, uh, you know, voice of a generation. I guess. Probably more so. Uh, well, People really want him to be. That's what I get this. Right, exactly. They really yeah. want him to be their Kurt Cobain. Well, here's the thing. I, I think Soundgarden, and, and I might be wrong in this. I'm sure some music scholars can school me. <laughs> and I want to say that, that Soundgarden was uh, first in in uh-huh. all of that kind of thing. Because Soundgarden formed in like 1984. Wow. Right. Um, and uh, so they were around for a long time, huh. and, and and he was originally a drummer for the band. Um, and I think that he vocally was more talented than any of the other dudes that were um, definitely more than Nirvana. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a par, I think. Like I think Eddie Vedder has a great tone. Eddie Vedder has this very unusual, yeah, 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 yeah his yeah. own thing. Were yeah, you a fan, true. John? Of Soundgarden? Yeah. Or... You know, I, I liked them, but they were never a band that I would go out of my way to listen to or, you know, seek a, a concert ticket to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I like Chris Cornell's voice. I, I think it's it's unique. Uh, you know, kind of in the same way that Eddie Vedder has a unique style. You hear it and you know instantly who it is. But it, it wasn't anything that I, I mean, I, I think the death is tragic, but it isn't one of those I'm going to start cutting myself right. sort of things. Right. Go ahead. I can't think of the death that would make me do that. Yeah. Um, well, not the, she, well, she's not famous. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Well, she's exactly. not famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I, I feel the same way that John does. It's like, you know, I, I, I recognize the importance, mm-hmm. but I don't own any Soundgarden CDs. Yeah. Yeah, never, yeah. I've never I'll been say that a big fan. I think his Bond theme sucks. I think that a lot of his voice, like he does a really good version um, of, uh, I've heard something compares to you. Well, I have a tough time with this because I understand there was a medication issue that led to depression. And I I understand depression. I I don't really, it's hard for me to reconcile when I hear about someone who is not terminally ill committing suicide when they have children. There's there's something inherent in that that bugs me. And I understand... I understand the dark road that that person walks before he makes that decision. Right. But at the end of the day... Well, I think I think the important thing is to recognize that things like medications mm-hmm. and, and that type of stuff... His wife is saying it was it was because of medication. Yeah, and, and, and I can totally... Especially in the last year and a half, I, I can attest to that. Not through something of my own experience, mm-hmm. but people that I know. But that is... That is a huge deal, and can be and can make the difference between life and death. Literally, I agree. Is getting this the right. It's just hard because it's when the kids are involved. I, I always see. I just see victims. But you're seeing. You're, you're thinking of it from a rational person's point of view. Somebody right. who's not that. afflicted by mental. On illness. the other hand, I will say, well, <laughs> I would rush to that. You know what I mean. But I will also say that I, I've, I've spent many nights cleaning up after. Suicides right. and 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 uh, and I've seen what happened after. Right, and it's it's hard. On the other hand, I do agree with Stanhope that says like if if life is a movie and it's sucked three fourths of the way through, it's not going to get real good at the end, and no one should blame you for checking out early. Right. So I I, I get all that. It's just the kids. The kids. I always just I, I know how devastating. I that just can be. I think that when when it comes to um, issues of depression and medication and that type of stuff. 
I think that you have to remember that it's not necessarily that person right. at that point. You know no, what I and mean? And you can't fault a guy until you walk in his shoes. Exactly. So, and I'm not trying to do that, but... Yeah. Again. But I get it. There's a part John, of John suicide. Like, go. <laughs> <laughs> cut, 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 cut. I, no, I, I'm I'm pretty much. Uh, I, I see both the points. I, I think whatever demons he had that caused him to take his own life, I, I think it's unfortunate that he was never able to resolve those in a constructive way. Yeah. Um, I, I think he, you know, in his case, when you have somebody famous that takes their life, and, and you have that scrutiny of of fame and and notoriety. I, I still think a lot of your problems are first world problems. Mm. So sure, sure. what what was it that kept you from getting closure or getting the necessary necessary tools to, you know, effectively deal with your demons? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's tragic for the kids. I, I yeah. think yeah. the the, col- the collateral damage are the victims. Yeah. And and I, I I don't, you know, he whatever reasons he he did it whether they were chemically influenced or not I don't think we'll ever know but uh you know he he felt that he could not he felt that the mountain was insurmountable and I, we we all know people that that fight those battles that have far less resources and mm-hmm. and that's like you know when Tom you put it up on Facebook I, yeah I think it was important you know it's it's important to talk to people about suicide prevention and and know that there are tools out there and you know it, it to go further down the rabbit hole, you, you see it with all the PTSD and, and troops returning home. There's the stigma of getting treatment for illness being seen as less, you know, less of a man or less of a, an adult. You're weak and, in some way. Yeah, and that's just not the case. And, and we, need to, we need to normalize amongst people that, that treatment is healthy and, and treatment is brave. Well, we, we are by our nature social animals. And Absolutely. I think we... we can go off into the weeds when we start fighting that and thinking that somehow we can handle it on our own. Sometimes, man, sometimes you got to lean on people and sometimes they lean on you and that's, that's sort of part of it. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's okay. It is okay. And and you know, I like, if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking, man, rather than listen to Tom keep talking, I'm going to end my life. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. I'm I'm kidding. But call somebody. And if you can't call somebody find find one of us on Facebook and absolutely send us a note because because yeah. they're as nihilistic as I can come off there I I could I'll there's lots of reasons yeah you know? absolutely so all right all right so we're going to trailers now because I know you you got to get out of here for a violin recital I, I do I do I got to get out of here for a violin recital but there was a couple of things that popped up in the trailer list that I wanted to that I wanted to talk about Oftentimes, when we have a trailer list, I I really just don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Ninety five percent of of them. This was a great trailer list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, standouts for me was um, I want to talk uh, uh, real briefly about baby cakes. Yes. Holy shit, that looks good. Yeah, it does I don't look even good. like rap music, and and that thing looks amazing. That I yeah, I'm very stars excited. Stars Bridget for. Everett, who's yeah. a, sort of a cabaret performer, and this new girl. Who is a dynamo? Dynamo, uh, man. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So it, it for kind of pe- similar to Eight Mile in a weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that, I'm sure that was kind of the template. Right. Um, John, what did you think? Uh, you know, it was of the list. It was the one that I'll probably pass on. But uh, to me, to me, it, it depends on how they tell it. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's if it's really, you know, just how she overcomes adversity and how she 
really finds her talent, that's great. Here's here's my concern. If it's a if it's being if it's a pandering movie for for kind of a social justice message, I could give two shits. Uh, but if but if it's a legitimate, you know, hey, this is how you know, find your talent, find your lane, you know, be the be the rock star, then cool. Um, I just I I've gotten a little soured on you know movies that have gone have have gone kind of the pandering route, mm-hmm. you know, like the the ghost must. Ghostbusters remake and and a few sure. of the others. So so that that's the the lens that I looked at when I saw that trailer. I, I hope I'm 100 percent wrong. Yeah, I, uh, I have a feeling you you kind of, you might be because Bridget Everett she has nothing like there's no real like her cabaret act is so over the top that um, she tends to sign on to little tiny roles that either are like she does a lot. She's in the Amy Schumer movies. Right, um, but this seems m- different. It seems more, a little more, um, dare I say, like kind of precious in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, precious. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, another is, one. Is the, is the feeling that I got from it? Um, I, what remind me of what the list is again? I don't have my glasses. Okay, well, I, uh, just go down. Glass, we'll just go Glass down. Castle. We'll go with several Glass Castle. Seems to uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, I forget the girl's name. Uh, it seems like. To me, it feels like that Viggo Mortensen movie. I was just going to say, I liked this movie better when it was called Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it seemed that way. It seemed like Woody Harrelson, uh, one of those the difference, films. The difference being, this is based on a real story. Yes. This is a, 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 it's a, hippie parents. Growing up with hippie parents, parents and yeah. how you rebel and how you come full circle to yeah. finding that there was a wisdom there, I guess. I hope. Uh, Brie, I, Brie Larson, I think, is the name Brie you're Larson. looking for. Yes, yeah. thank you. I, well, and, and the thing, I was going to say Brie Olsen, but that's a different movie. The thing right. that occurred to me <laughs> while I was watching that trailer was, this is the problem with trailers. I feel like I've seen the movie now. Yeah, kind of. Because yeah. I saw that there was some kind of resolution. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, fuck yeah. it. I don't need to watch this now. Um, but all in all, a drama, sure, it, it it'll probably fine. do well in art houses, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. Um, they did a, they released this trailer for this new Star Trek Discovery. Which is a series, it's not a, a TV movie. series. It's now, a TV it's an series. interesting model, because what they're going to do is they're going to show the first couple of, of them for free. Right. And then if you want to watch the rest of them, you have to pay for their kinda, online Kind of different, yeah, kind of weird. Um, I've heard people complain. Okay, so this is... I think We're all this, the white men? This speaks to... Well, no, that's that's not... I, I, I saw that article, yeah. and I'm like, you know, fuck you, I'm not reading it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I got from... The, is, is, like, the stupid minutia that fans get caught up in. Why do the Klingons look like that? They've never yeah. looked like that before. I, it, stop it. You know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> They're Bavarian Klingons. It's like, look, maybe <laughs> the Klingons are black squares. You yeah. know, they, uh, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I think it looks fine. Yeah. It, it looks well made. John? Yeah, visually, I think it looks better than any of the series that we've seen. Uh, it can't be worse than Enterprise. <laughs> um, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I, I guess for me... I, I want to see those first couple of episodes because I want to see the storyline that they're driving to. And if it's, you know, if it's compelling, then yeah, I, I think the characters look interesting to me. The, the special effects are, are top tier for, a, I guess, really a, a serial. So, yeah, yeah I'm curious. It's interesting to see it come being released on the heels of this Seth MacFarlane Thing, oh, you know, Jesus. Or whatever. I, I really think that that's going to bomb. There's a lot. I, I of, hope so. My point, though, is that there's a lot of money on the screen. Right. There's a lot yeah. of money in this Discovery thing. Yeah. And um, it being set, what was it, 10 years before Kirk? 
It's all yeah. fine and dandy. Um, <clears throat> since the 80s, I've been championing the idea that, well, here's what you do. Star Trek, the Klingon Empire. And it's essentially Shogun on a Klingon homeworld. Right, exactly. And I'm down. I'm so, Game of Thrones... Yeah, on a Klingon homeworld. Yeah, Cat winds up on the Klingon homeworld, and we gotta like, he's gotta like try to navigate this crazy. Maybe he's a. It's Marco Polo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would I would sign on for that. Yeah. Um, Next up, the house, a comedy with Will Ferrell. Oh, that is the one that I like. Oh, fuck this! I don't. Horrible! I don't want to watch this. It's horrible. It was awful. Right. Let's said about that better. John's wait, wait. John's like, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just so glad I'm not the only person that thought. That. <laughs> Another one I really could not care less about uh, the new Mandy Moore, 47 meters down. Agree. It looks like open water underwater. Yeah. I'm trapped under there. And again, in the trailer, there's an awful lot of sharks biting people, and there's only two I, people in the cage. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm Jaws scared the shit out of me as a kid. I, to the point where I looked for dorsal fins in swimming pools. And, yeah. and I I am on Team Shark in 47 meters down. Did you see the I shallows? Want the shark. No, I didn't. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah. Just eat her. Eat that. Eat her already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, now we get to some back to some good stuff. Uh, Akja? The new Bong Joon Ho movie? Dude, do you remember? Do you remember? We like we saw this like weird trailer with like with her Tilda Swinton talking. It was like a PS. It was like her ad, right? Yeah, it was like company. the ads they were doing for Umbrella for yeah. Resident and Evil. Now. Sidebar: They're rebooting Resident Evil. Go ahead. Oh uh, my gosh. I just read that today. Stop Go ahead. It. Stop it. Go ahead. Okay. This looks great. It I know great. it's going to make me fucking cry. Yeah. First of all, with this hippo thing running around, it's a giant pig. pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it like looks... it reminded me a little of Mighty Joe Young. It looks fantastic. Yeah. I am yeah, yeah, so yeah. excited for this. It's Bong Joon Ho. I mean, Snow yeah, Piercer aside, there was vision there. Um, but you, know, you look at Good and Bad and, and it's Weird. Netflix. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Netflix is like they're they're, 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 they're they're hitting home runs. They are swinging the bat hard. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And even the little things that sort of just pop up there. You look and you look at the trailer form. There's this new thing, Bubblegum. That yeah, yeah. I go, yeah. I mean, I would never watch it, but I could see why people would. Absolutely. So, you know. Oh, the Get Down. Have you seen the Get, uh, get Down? Down's great. Holy shit. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of Netflix, they're doing a Dark Crystal prequel. So okay, so so this little thing we saw doesn't show us anything. A lot of sketches. But. Looks I cool. can't tell you how excited I am. It looks cool. First of all, Toby Froud, uh, a couple of years ago, made something called Lessons Learned. Uh-huh. And it was a return to this puppet uh, technology for telling a story. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, it's all centered down in, in around Portland. You've got the Leica community involved. You've got the Jim Henson uh, uh, legacy involved. Mm-hmm. I... I I am probably more excited for this one project, knowing absolutely nothing about it. Right. The one way they could kill it for me is they're like, oh, we're not going to do puppets anymore. It's all CGI. Yeah. 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 Agreed. It looks great. Uh, that movie, that movie freaked me out as a kid. I mean, it was the, probably the darkest movie I think I'd seen to that point. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, the, the backstory unfold as well as, you know, now that there are, there are tools to deliver that content to us. I want to. I want to hear Henson's vision. I want to see that brought more kind of to bear. Yeah. Okay. Right on. I, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. Um, TNT, I think it was, or TBS. They're doing a version of Caleb Carr's The Alienist. The Alienist. 
TNT. I, I, TNT. I'm calling it, I'm referring it to people as Victorian CSI. Yeah. Um, the Alienist is such a good book. It's a great book. Here's the other part. It's being directed by Kerry Fukunaga, who right. did the first season of True Detective. Which was amazing. I am so on board for this. It kind of, yeah. there's a Canadian show that my wife used to watch. I forget what the name of it is, but it's very much like this sort of Victorian eras mm-hmm. and their beginnings of forensic science. But this I, looks great. Was it like uh, a Ripper Street? No, something else. Okay. Some guy's name. Go ahead, John. I like the, the primary cast in Daniel Brule. Um, I like what he's done. I mean, whether it's been, um, God, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Inglorious Bastards, or, mm-hmm. or even him as the antagonist in um, Captain America: Civil War. Mm-hmm. I like him as an actor because he brings kind of this gravitas and seriousness to a role that you might just kind of dismiss out of hand. Right. Yeah, I think it looks great. I'm so on board, and it's TV, and it's me saying that. I know, so, and you hate TV. I hate TV, yeah. Yeah, but I'll check it out. And then finally, they released a full trailer to this week for Takashi Miyake's Blade of the Immortal, which looks awesome. Looks awesome. Looks great. Love the music. Um, it looks like more of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you know, when the be, same is awesome. You it's, know? Get, it's taking what he was doing with 13 Assassins, I think, right. and adding that bit of... Takashi Miyake madness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the idea of an immortal samurai that, you know, just takes damage and then he's like Wolverine in kimono. Right, yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Alrighty. Are you good? I I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna use this uh this moment to um Say goodbye, everybody. Real quickly, do you have a movie that you saw recently that you want to re- recommend? Alien movie? Covenant. Alien Covenant. Which is Good. far too big to talk to about, talk about yeah, right yeah. now. Right on. I'm going uh, to go see it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a viewing experience, and it is something that sits with you. You'll either hate it, or you'll, or you'll be like me, and you're like, I need to see this again. Mm. Which usually happens to me with Alien films. Right on. Yeah. You know, aside from like the first one, all of them for me have been. Oh man, I gotta let this sink yeah, in. Let me, get, yeah, let me digest this, let me and digest then maybe this, even yeah. take another takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I hear. Right, yeah. right on. All right, all right. So, so you're out of here, buddy. Uh, bye, John. And, it was uh, a pleasure chatting with you, Langley. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. For, uh, bye, Tom. Let me share my time with you. Woohoo! We all will right. see you tomorrow. See you. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to news, uh, let's see. There's there's a few things here, and a lot of them are just sort of reactionary. Um, they cast Tom Hardy as Venom. Well, it, yeah, I like Tom Hardy. I, it's got to be better than Topher Grace. <laughs> um, I mean, that was just a that was a giant. What in the holy hell were you thinking? But you know, Sony. So right. It seems uh, weird to me that you're using such a big star as Tom Hardy for a character that doesn't really warrant it, especially when you've got a lot of scuttlebutt going on about, around about him, them eyeing him for Wolverine, which I think would be great. Yeah. Um, I, Venom doesn't make too much sense. No, that's, I mean, let's see, Venom is DC, isn't it? Or is it Marvel? No, it's Marvel. Is it's it Marvel? Spider-Man okay. offshoot. Well, so maybe that was just a matter of let's cast him before DC ruins his career. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe again, but you know, look at look at Josh Brolin. You know, Brolin's in fucking everything now. I know Cable. <laughs> he's Cable. Too. He's Thanos. He's Jonah Hex. So you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I think, you know, I 
I, uh, Bill Maher on, on um, his show this week does a big thing about um, superhero movies and how, oh. like, you gotta, you got to stop. I mean, there's just... It's the same story over and over and over again. As a friend of mine says, same story, different suit. And um, right. uh, at this point, we have enough in our vernacular that I think that it's important that we now start trying to do something different with it, um, as opposed to just going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, because it's going to become more soulless, in my opinion. Well, and, and that's, I mean, that's what it is, is there really is, isn't a lot of soul to it. It's, it's a cash cow. And I mean, I, I think individual efforts have soul. I mean, I I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I have thoroughly enjoyed the the second Guardians movie even more than the first. Um, we're supposed to go on Tuesday, I think. I, I thought it was really enjoyable. I, I think there's a lot more depth of character and depth of story, and and I really like what James Gunn does there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and whoever does casting for Marvel deserves an award because I think they have cast their roles regardless of what people might think of the particular scripts. I think they have cast the roles exceptionally well Mm -hmm. Uh, because Chris Evans to me, he's captain America. I mean, it's those, they, they have done what other movies have failed to do, but I agree that it's there. It's, they've taken a license to print money and they're going to, they're going to milk it until it's dead. Unfortunately, as opposed to nurturing it into something that of some worth, you're seeing little blips of it. I think you see it in Logan. You, you know, you see it being taken seriously. Totally. Um, uh, and I think hopefully with the fluff, we'll get a little more meat on the bone. So I'm optimistic. But again, as more and more they start to announce things, you know, Blue Bolt, they just did a big reveal. It's like I could not care less about this. <laughs> And nobody can. I mean, yeah. it'd be like doing Green Lantern again. It's like, why? Well, they're supposed they're doing the Green Lantern Squadron as part of the Phase Three or Four for oh, them. Marvel, just stop Marvel. No, I think that's Green Lantern. That's um, DC. The, is it DC? Yeah, it's oh, part okay. of that big rollout with Aquaman and everything else. Speaking of that, they they released a photo today of uh, Mira. Um, what's her name? Um, the uh, uh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard looking amazing. In yeah. this in this suit, so yeah, there you go. It's, it's still an Aquaman movie. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It I looks kind of cool. Supposedly they're letting Jason Momoa sort of set the tone. Really? And, um, yeah, yeah. Him and James Wan, and James Wan can do spectacles. So the, I'm uh, optimistic. I, I really am. As much as I'm as optimistic as any any other superhero movies, but um, we'll the see. only DC movie I want to see is Wonder Woman, and I sincerely hope they don't screw it up. I hear really good things. So for yeah. pe- people that had went to the premiere and to the press junket, were saying really good things. And they're That's saying awesome. that the, the time frame really works, helps good. helps it work. Good. Um, I'm so optimistic about that one. In the in in the in the realm of be not being optimistic, uh, they released uh, a note that with they're bringing their original cast back and doing Mamma Mia two. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I saw that, and I quickly just closed the article. Yeah, I don't uh, universally. I've I always thought that that movie was considered a bomb. Yeah, it, it got it got its little cult following. You know, people that that like that sort of stuff. Some people just need Pierce Brosnan to sing. Yeah, well, it was like uh, my big fat Greek wedding, right? The, yeah. the first one was a, a moderate success because it had no budget and it actually made money, and, and then they released a sequel like. 20 years later, and no, nobody saw it. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah, and that girl, Nia Vardalas, has, she's doing, like, you know, 
sleep number bed commercials. They they also announced a project called How to Talk to Girls at Parties. It's written, I guess, based on the popularity of American Gods. Um, but it's written by Neil Gaiman, stars Elle Fanning and Nicole Kidman. It's about punk era, and it's huh. Nicole Kidman in like like uh, Susie and the Banshees drag. Really? Yeah. Well, Neil Gaiman, I think, kind of gives. I, I want to give it a puncher's chance at that point because sure. I mean he does good stuff. Yeah. But I, yeah. he's one of those people I, who I I really love his li- literary voice. Uh, right. But when you take that away and you're just looking at the nuts and bolts of his stories, sometimes they get a little too squirrely. Um, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that, yeah, I'll always pay attention to what Neil's doing. Um, animated movie called Animal Crackers. Uh, don't know much about it except that it's got Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Danny DeVito, Ian McKellen, Sylvester Stallone, Patrick Warburton, Harvey Firestein, and Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, I, I bring it up because I have friends that are voice actors, and um, they are constantly moaning about the fact, and deservedly so, how their gigs are drawing up because people with a little name recognition are getting cast to do the voices as opposed to a, a, a seasoned voice actor. Yeah, um, and, and I, I can see that too. I mean, it, it sounds like it's an all-star cast, but but we've seen that in in other movies, and I think traditionally they don't fare very well. Yeah, they they get that feeling. Although you know, these days things like Zootopia and what have uh-huh. they're they're yeah. huge money. You know, it's a it's a film. It's like the Lego and the Batman Lego movie. It's it's films that the whole family can go to see and and get something out of it, especially if they're fans of animation, but also. You know, you can bring your kid to undoubtedly a movie called Animal Crackers. I don't. <laughs> I doubt it's going to be a. It's a shot for shot Sausage remake party. of the. <laughs> now this is a shot for shot remake of the Marx Brothers film. No, but you know, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a children's movie. Again, I just feel like it, it starts to feel like stunt casting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad Fury, mm-hmm. is doing is directing the Scarface remake. Yeah, I'm. <sighs> If if they let him have a lot of creative control, mm-hmm. then I think there's some potential. Uh, does it need to be remade? No. Right. But, but I worry because he rolled over so completely for Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, and that's my concern. When you were talking about the the uh, converting the Stephen King book into the we were talking about sports movies, mm-hmm. the, the long walk. Mm-hmm. His name was actually one I thought about. Is if he did it a la how he did Fury, mm-hmm. that that would be kind of cool to watch. That would be good. But yeah, if he does a, a la Suicide Squad, it's it's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, I think it it's uh, it's hard because it's that 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 has a that franchise has a rabid fan base. So yeah, yeah. so I mean, he's putting himself out there for doing it. Right, right. Uh, let's see, Harmony Corinne, who did Spring Breakers and Kids, is directing a movie called Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey. It just <laughs> it just feels like Surfer Dude too. If you ever saw Surfer Dude with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Did. It seems like an express a reason for Matthew McConaughey to take his shirt off, really. Yeah. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, it just seems like just that. Um, so maybe it's an excuse for Matthew McConaughey to spend a month in, you know, Hawaii or whatever, but you never know why people take roles. But, uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah last, last thing he did was Kubo and the Two Strings, wasn't it? Who? Harmony Kareem? Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. Uh... Yeah, 
Yeah, because now we're waiting for the gunslinger. Right. Which I'm 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 kind of in the bag for. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, let's see. Zeroing in. Um, Hugh Jackman is doing a P.T. Barnum bio, which makes sense, I guess, because he's an actor that's always, it's a musical, and it's, so it sounds like he's always been at odds with that stuff. He did the Peter Allen thing. and well, He's got a lot of talent in the space. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of interesting, too. I think P.T. Barnum just had their last show in was it Detroit, mm. but they just, they're just folding up this month. Wow. Yeah. So timing on that is is good. Um, yeah, I he's a talented guy. You're right, and I think it's at this point he has to start making the transition between action roles and something else uh, yeah. because he's getting older. And um, this may musicals may be may well do it. He's been in a few. Um, Les Misérables. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know. that, Les Misérables was almost a little too grand, though. I think. A lot of people just were like, nah, we're good, we'll pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, the dude's got talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sad that Langley left because I'm that there's a King Kong musical coming to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting about it is that the as that Kong, it's a giant marionette. Really? Yeah, it looks, uh, they released a, a photo of it, and it was this giant ape that was supported by strings and hydraulics and stuff like that. It wasn't, and it didn't look cheesy, like, remember the King Kong ride at Universal? Right. Um, this looked kind of cool, in the same way, like, the Lion King musical looks looked kind of cool with all the animals, how they did that. If, if done right, I mean, and nowadays, the, the tech of... The tech has evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and people are more used to it, and they're they're not as they don't take as much umbrage with you know beloved film franchises being made into musicals. I mean, Beauty and the Beast was, and Footloose was, and all that other stuff. Well, um, it makes up for School Island. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's a game out uh, for for I, I know it's on the Xbox One called The Witcher. It's very much like the Sort of the uh, the Witchfinder, the Vin Diesel movie okay. that they did. Uh, but the game is you're a uh, sort of a Witchfinder dude that goes around and roots out people and that are witches and you kill them and blah 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 blah. Well, they're making a ser- uh, Netflix is doing a series on it. Interesting. It's so, set- go ahead. No, I was going to say it'll be interesting to see how that works out because you know games to screen. I mean, outside of the obscene money that uh, Resident Evil somehow managed to make, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just doesn't fare well. Yeah, there's a few in there. We did a video game movie episode, and uh, there's a few in there, but you're right. It's it's different because it's either you're, the story's too juvenile or you're constant, you constantly feel like you should have a controller in your hand. Uh, right, and you know, so we'll see what happens. Speaking of which, they also gave Arrested Development a fifth season. Saw that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. If you're, I think at this point, if you're in, you're in, and and you know, who isn't? For I think Arrested Development is is really hilarious. Uh, I dropped out after it ended, but um, I haven't picked it back up. But um, it's solid stuff. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel doing the Oscars. That's a good move. That is a good move. Jimmy Kimmel is like the one of the best at that kind of a gig. Yeah, it fits him. I mean, he can roll with things going south, and I Oil. mean, he's, yeah, yeah, 
no doubt. He's he's had a run of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, unless Chris Rock wants to take a shot at it again, I, I think it's a good move. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think though that he's Kimmel is just this affable guy, and everything he does um, makes you feel that way. He makes you feel like this is just a good guy. I, and I hear from people talking about him that he is like one of the most loyal and like helpful people on the planet. It's awesome. Well, you'd hear it on uh, the Corolla podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and he can he he can engage on the political stuff without coming across as a shill either way. Right. And, and I think that's important when you want to broaden your audience and not alienate any particular group. Right. Oh, he does. He has taken a stand or two. Um, totally. Some stuff. But totally. he's not like Fallon, who's just a. Or Colbert, oh, who's yeah. just kind of gone full retard, which I like Colbert. Um, I thought he was funnier when he was satiring the mm-hmm. right as a as a war hawk. Mm-hmm. But now that he's gone complete, now that he's actually gone full left, I think he's it, it's it's just kind of sad. Mm. I mean, I, I he's lack enjoying his best t- ratings ever, well, which is great. But it's just it to me, it's it's like you were so much funnier when you were lampooning it as opposed to lecturing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, I. I don't care. People can do what they want. <laughs> Speaking of which, Michael Moore's eleven nine, <laughs> which I, I, you almost expected it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. He was he was gearing up for it as much as he was on all the uh, the news shows talking up through the run up through the election. I mean, he was he was hoping for this. He was he was his fat little jowls were salivating, knowing he was going to make another uh, documentary and it was going to get you know, a good review and a lot of showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. A couple more. Zach Efron is Ted Bundy. I can see that. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think that's a good call. I don't, I don't think it's going to require much in the way of acting and he's yeah. good looking enough and you could kind of buy it. Uh, the question it, it is, would, where are they going to go with it? Are they going to take it all the way to his death? Are they going to, uh, they, they'll probably take it to trial and then say he was executed on X date after so many appeals. Right. Uh, him, him or Leto, yeah. I think. Oh, Jared Leto would be great. Yeah, Jared Leto seems to excel in those, you know, kilter, heavily damaged, slightly askew people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his wheelhouse. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but I, I'm, I'm interested. It's one of those things that I say all the time. I'm listening. Right. Um, but we'll see what happens from there. And then finally, uh, George R. R. Martin gave an interview this week, and he said that there are, regarding Game of Thrones, there are five series in development right now based on that world. Oh, God. And I don't get that at all. Well, it's, you know... Uh... Other than, like, Slim Pickens writing the bomb down, I don't I don't see the point of that, any of that. I don't either. I mean, it's you know, it's like radio airplay, right? You know, song gets popular, so it's it's death by oversaturation, and then you never want to touch it ever again. Right. Exactly. Uh, so I'm I'm surprised you didn't bring up uh, the announcement that George Romero is going to do a, a a zombie NASCAR. Is that what I yeah, was saying? Yeah, the Road of the Dead. It's something like that. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go. This could be um, a big thing, but. Uh, Romero hasn't made a decent film since like 96. Right. And so at this point, I don't see him pulling a George Miller in a Fury Road out of his hat. (laughs) 
Right. Um, I think what you're going to see is another another half-formed idea that will be hobbled by its limited budget. Um, you'll you'll see. I don't know that you'll see K and B coming back to help him with the effects because they got their hands full with Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it just smells kind of sad. Like I have, n- I can get nothing else going, but I can get this going. Um, so uh, it's it, it's it's the fighters staying in the ring well past their prime when yeah. they're just they're going to get knocked out. You know it. Um, you know the only question I had is, will will NASCAR fans be able to tell that it's fiction? Is it? Yeah. Is it really like a, a NASCAR thing? Did you? That's, write? That uh, movie web had that, so take it with a grain of salt. But I also saw it. I forgot where else. Um, but yeah, that seems to be the the prevailing theme. Is it's going to be oh auto goodness. auto racing with zombies? And I'm just like, oh please that's, God, no! That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's stu- yeah. That's more stupid than zombie pit fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Wow, I don't get that at all. I mean, I mean, other than you, I could see sort of a road race through hostile territory maybe and you know you're running over zombies and stuff like that but yeah maybe a death race 2000 with yeah the, yeah with yeah, the yeah. but uh after land of the dead it uh, you just gonna suck yeah i was at a con this last weekend and i mentioned how with land of the dead you lose me at the supposition of an economy yeah and oh yes. my god people lost their mind <laughs> I guess, I, Oh, anyway, yeah, I don't. So well, I don't know. I mean, he's George, um, but that doesn't always necessarily mean quality, right? You know, yeah, but, I mean, it's a trauma flick now. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, we, when we got to the zombie horse riding and survival <laughs> and just ridiculous. So we'll see. Great. Uh, have you seen anything recently that you want to talk about? And then we'll get out of here. We're almost done. Um, well, uh, I, I'm going to go see Covenant. I'm going to see it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I on my list again, Wonder Woman. I'm I'm really excited for the rumor that they're going to re-release Logan in black and white. Yeah, well, it's definitely on the DVD or the Blu-ray. Is it? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I'm picking that up Tuesday then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and no, I think, I, I think it might get sporadic uh, theatrical release, but for the most part, I think it's just going to go in the package. As long as I have it, I'll be happy. Because yeah. I and think that here's the funny thing: you can do it right now. <laughs> Buy it and just turn the color off on your TV. Oh, well, there you go. Because they uh, haven't they haven't color corrected it like they did the black and chrome edition of uh, Fury Road, where they they raised the contrast. Oh, it's I'll just black and white. This is just black and white. Yeah, well, that'll be good. I'll yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing I've done, I, I had the opportunity to read a, a first treatment on a, a great book of short stories. Oh, it's called a called a string of pearls. <laughs> Here's your five bucks. Forget who that author was, yeah, but uh, I, I think it'll be out soon, and when it is, I encourage people to pick it up. Yeah, John Bader, Bader read the, the new book, and, and very helpful. In, uh, I, I think, the, especially the, the, the story of the father, um, you and I are going to have to sit down over drinks and talk about that, because there's a lot of parallels to even my own life, Yeah. Um, and you know, but add the amounts of religion. And right. it's, uh, it, it, it would be a... It, it resonated the most with me. It was one of those, I'm going to reread this a few times because I feel this. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm happy with it. So all of it. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, since we're talking about this, um, I'm, 
I'm just to the point where they open the gate for this new game on the new book. So we're just getting to the run and gun stuff now, and it's mm-hmm. it's going it's going well so far. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, me. Uh, go to my website. There's a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm still doing the 365. This week there was a lot of obscure stuff. Uh, Filipino sort of Rambo ripoff called The Warrior, also called Jaka Sembung. And uh, I rewatched Imagination of Dr. Parnassus, uh, a documentary on Sam Kinison called Back from Hell, um, a lost Robert Carlyle movie called Face, uh, a terrible handheld movie from, I would say, Vietnam called Taking Father Home. That should have been really good, but it wasn't. And then we talked a week or two ago about this movie Renegade with Vincent Cassell. It's a version of... Um, uh, the blueberry comic um it's sort of a dmt fueled el topo in a weird way it's great it was great I, we talked about it and so i rewatched it um oh. and it's highly recommended you can find it i want to say on youtube in its entirety oh nice uh, and their pay subscription or just free out there free. okay but those kind of things like I, I'm always on the lookout for stuff, and I find people, and they, and I watch, I try to watch as much of the stuff that they put up as I can, because the, the account usually gets canceled, and I lose all of it. So, all righty, sir. Well, thank you for uh, you having are, me on. Oh, you're 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 part of the staff now, so you're gonna we're gonna be seeing more, John. Um, next week, I don't know what we're doing, so we're gonna figure that out. We do have. Um, the Bracken's coming up. If you go to Bracken Basement on YouTube, you can see a bunch of their movies. They do really low-budget, really extreme horror films, so we're going to talk about that. And they're they're great. Both Tori and Ian are great. They're very well-versed in a lot of this stuff. That They mention titles that I've never even heard of, and that's, that's something. Um, and then upcoming, at, I think I mentioned before, but at Crypticon, I got um, a commit from John Amplis, from, who did Martin... He's going to come on. And I'm trying to get William Castle's daughter on to talk about William Castle movies. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. Our numbers are bigger than they've ever been. They've doubled in the last two months, and so we're really stoked by that. So thanks for listening. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page or on our Twitter. Um, and other than that, we'll see you next week. For the Bonus Petit Pass, I'm Tom Carnell. I'm John Edwards. Stay scary. Pain heals. Chicks dig stars. Glory. Last forever. <laughs>